Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I'm James Lewis from Simply Serpents. And I'm Carly Jones from My Living Room. Each week, we will discuss what is happening in herpes culture on social media, YouTube, and even on other podcasts. We will share our opinions and thoughts on current events as well as the opinions of you, the listener. Make sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram for interactive polls and posts where you can tell us what you were thinking. Then listen for your name each week as we share your opinions on our podcast. So sit back and relax. Here's the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Welcome to the third episode of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Maybe third time to try, Carla. <laughs> Wait, what is that supposed to be? I'm just maybe, maybe this time I can edit it in less than an hour. That's that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah, I walked right into that one. Is that what? Is that why? Um, oh, sorry. Go Shut ahead. the fuck up, James. <laughs> is that starting up strong? Is that why you uh you haven't put out the video yet because it's so I, heavily? I I can't do the video. It, it would just it would be like five minutes be all like that's nothing like the actual podcast <laughs> yeah because it's so heavily edited yeah i oh, got man. you all right all right all right so this week our special guest co-host is ryan cox of specialized fauna how's it going ryan i'm, I'm all right how are you guys doing i'm good as long as we can keep down the ums and lights i will what ums and lights carly carly really likes the filler words the ums and lights <laughs> You'll get, I'll go through editing and it'll be like, oh. like, like, and then she'll say what she wanted to say. I'm so sorry. Tell me, I, this, I, I can spot a Carly um in the sound profile. Looks like a tulip. This one, <laughs> this one is going to be different. I'm going to try really hard. Um, but when I tried. You just said um! Oh, fuck! Uh, but, like, but like, okay. when I, when I try too hard, I sound like so, like, robotic and There's animal. There's all the lights. Oh, this editing. All I right. know. So. <laughs> James, I I will never ever take this man for granted. He does so much for me. He does so much for you guys. He does so much for the podcast. You will sound amazing when it's over. It's a damn thing for me. Ryan will sound like shit, but you will sound amazing, Carly. That's right. Probably so. It's probably so. So let's go ahead and kind of recap a little bit what's happened on the Facebook page because yes. we're getting a little bit of momentum on there. I yeah. do want to talk about some of the posts that we've had other people make on there. It was one line, I messed up the last name, I apologize. But I think it's Michael Copney. It said, uh, he posted the picture of the Daily Double from Jeopardy. Did you see that one? <laughs> I did, yes. It said, the, the, the yellow type of this South American snake can reach 15 feet long, and its green cousin can reach 30. And her answer was boa constrictor. Uh, yeah. It's just, just reptile people shouting at a TV. That's all <laughs> oh. that that literally, yes, everybody's shouting at a TV. I was just like, no! Anaconda! Anaconda! <laughs> somebody, they're probably they're like in a bar, and somebody goes, is that a python? I'm like, no! <laughs> no they're not the same thing! What is my button, fucking fool? <laughs> Before you speak. Ooh, I spit a little bit. Sure. <laughs> got something hey, angry. Carly spits, got it, okay. So, <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm fucking regretting this at all. Yes. So, also, we had two polls up this week, because Carly got on off her ass at like 3 p.m. today <laughs> and put up a poll. So, I know. Way just... to go, Carly. It's getting better. <laughs> He's just been coming for me this podcast. It's all right. I love Carly. It'll be okay. I love you too, buddy. Let's uh, let's talk about yours first. Okay, so mine, the thing I want to talk about on mine that amazed me is uh, how many people responded. Like, it was, 
it was a lot of uh, people voting on it. But the irony um, is that the people that voted on it didn't all give me their their two cents. And some of them all would have liked their two cents. So the question was, how do you feel about producing reptiles with a known health problem or shortened lifespan? And then explain your answer. And the results were 86 votes. And it was 97% no, we shouldn't do it. And 3% yes, it's okay. And there were 17 comments online. Or, well, 17 comments on Ryan's when he shared it on Constrictors' Pets. And then there were even more comments on our Facebook page. Not a single one of the comments were from anybody that voted yes. Yeah. That was the part that I found interesting. Some people out there wanted to go, yes, we should do it, but not tell me why. Yeah. I, I voted no. I did vote no. Um, and we'll get into it. And I kind of, Ryan's kind of the reason I asked this question because he and I had been talking about well, something, something pricked me in the ass very hard. Whoa. That may be Continue. more than we need for the podcast. Go on. Something, something, something really grinded my gears. <laughs> what grinds your gears? It, it just grinded my, for the sake it's, it's a thing I see all the time with, uh, people producing certain, uh, genetic mutations that have health problems and then selling them for lots of money. It's just people who are super excited. They're like, I can't wait to spend $1,400 on this new snake. It'll go great in my breeding project. A year and a half later, what's it did? Well, you know. <laughs> so, so what snake are you talking about? I yeah, I see uh, a lot of it with the uh, the platinum gene in particular at pythons because it's known that the homozygous expression, which is a black eyes leucistic, it's uh, they're fucking gorgeous. They right. are. Well, hold on, because I, I did I did notice on your post people to get a little confused with using the word homozygous because everybody's used to it. So super super form the super form. So that gene. You have to receive one allele from mom, one copy of it from mom, and one copy of it from dad to show what we call the super form, or what's what normal scientists call a homozygous form. So you get platinum, right, with just one copy. Yeah, platinum is it's a very, it's a very like uh, almost like the caramel gene in a uh, uh, carpet python. So it's a lot of yellow, a very golden sheen. I mean, I actually have a platinum myself. If you want to go on my Facebook page, you can see uh, my platinum on there, and you'll see shameless the plug. Which yeah, one? Shameless which, plug. Which that's one a, is that? That is uh, Billy, my quarter door. I was going to say, is that Billy? Yeah, that's the that's the one that's Poss had aneurysmic that I'm almost like 90% sure it actually had aneurysmic because aneurysm in particular Python seems to act more as a nicotinic dominant gene, not a uh, simple recessive. But I digress. The platinum gene and its super or homozygous expression is a uh, black-eyed leucistic, and, it's, and they're strikingly gorgeous. I mean, they're like the cow gene, but they have these dull black eyes, and they don't get the black spots and stuff. So it's just it's really awesome. And a lot of people have been trying to produce them a lot recently, uh, just to try to get a little bit of time. I was best. I re- try to recover their money when I spend it. And then uh, a, leucistic, or a leucistic snake is just drop-dead gorgeous. Everybody will want that. So they'll sell them for $1,200 to $1,400, and then you see posts later on of people going to bet because... Their python hasn't had a bowel movement in two months. Uh, you haven't passed your eighth. And it's because the gene is actually linked to gastrointestinal issues. And it's even in Sid James's particular python book. He actually has it documented in there. He mentions that, you know, people should probably avoid ble- breeding for uh, super platinums because of this uh, issue. And if you're going to, if you actually want to buy one, buy a full grown adult. That way, you know, it's not going to keel over and die on you in six months. So they're passing away because they can't 
pass? Like, yes. What's they, in like their they, have, they have gastrointestinal issues that happen, so blockages and stuff like that. And that, that happens in several different species where there's genes that are just not... I mean, there's genes that are fatal right away. Like, we... A lot of us know the jaguar to jaguar gene in carpets. Exactly, it's cystic, but it's a deadly cystic. Mm-hmm. It, it never, it's never born. And then, um, and I know I posted and talked about the motley to motley gene in boas. You know, motleys they increase that melanin, they give us little circle patterns on the back, and they're really cool. But the motley to motley gene gives you a solid black snake, and there was always that search for a solid black boa, and it looks awesome. But somewhere around year two, they start to really start to fail health-wise and go downhill and then die. So you don't see adults. And the good thing, I guess, that's kind of slowed that down is the IMG gene, the increased melanin gene. Um, you're now getting – that gives you a black snake without having to go through the, the whole motley to motley. So, question, going back to the retics, would these animals die at about year two as well? Or were they passing away sooner? Do you know? Some sooner, some later, just from what I've read. I mean, I, actually, one guy I saw a post from, if I remember correctly, he had a, uh, I believe it's a 15 year, 16 year old female, and they actually would end up, she died from the gastrointestinal issues. I mean, she had bred multiple clutches, but uh, you never know. Some may yeah. live like happy, long lives. Like, for example, uh, I don't know if anybody follows Barchek, but he has a one called Casper. It's a big, he's a big male, black eye logistic. It's a freaking killer snake, killer fucking snake. But I see that, and I'm like, man, I'm already seeing a sad vlog in two or three years. Is he? So he has the Reptarium, right? He has one. Is he opening a second one? No, no, he's expanded. Oh, okay. His last last three videos. I watched the one that was three videos ago. I've seen a couple where he's gone down to Fort Worth, down to, excuse me, the Rock place down there. Universal Rock. Um, It's the same place that, well, I ran into Emily and Ed from Snake Discovery at the Conroe show because they were in Texas at going to Universal Rock for their new reptarium that they're building. But yeah, he's he just put the cages in. It's supposed to open up first or second week of March. It's a big expansion and like oh he built he put a new Anaconda cage in there that's actually pretty impressive. I was actually just watching the vlog earlier today and it looks really crazy because they took a it looks like about probably about a fourteen foot span out of their wall. Yeah. And they're like front entrance area and it connects over into a whole other area, like they, giant room. And they were showing like turtle tanks, and there's like a big alligator enclosure for to house a adult alligator because you know he has I think three alligators now. So you know, yeah, they they got to go somewhere. So yeah. at least he's doing good and getting them proper cages. It looks like for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's an expansion. Like I said, those cages from Universal Rock look awesome. I mean, they're obviously zoo quality. Universal Rock does zoo uh, enclosures and stuff, but they are pretty cool. So there were some replies. I'll get back to our. our question and there were some replies that i wanted to look at one that i thought was really interesting came from pia bartolini that was a good reply i seen that one just uh probably a couple hours ago i was reading that preparing for tonight and it was like whoa she kind of made some points there well so pia said i think this goes for not only reptiles but any animal in our care most of us agree that we should support responsibly bred animals what are anyone's thoughts on the bands in Europe? Some morphs of snakes, as well as some of the whatever dog breeds. He's a big fancy B word there. Brachophallic. Yeah, yeah. That one. It's uh, like pugs and shit using like turn noses and shit. Well, and so I know in Europe, it's not so much a ban legally. It is a ban at the, their big reptile show in the UK. You cannot bring in any animals that have jag genes, spider genes. Um, what's the one in leopard? Guys? In the one Lemon, Lemon frost. Or is it the 
Element Frost, Lemon Glow, whatever it is, and uh, Geckos is a gene that causes tumor growth. Uh, you're thinking of the Enigma gene, which yes. has the neurological links like a uh, Jaguar and the Spider gene. And so it's my understanding from listening to all the other podcasts and everything that it's not a, it's not a legal ban. It's just you cannot bring them into that show. You can still sell them and own them in the country. You can't bring them to the show. And so, and I responded. My big concern is I think we have to be careful with the word ban uh, and who gets involved. And I and I. I kind of stole a little bit from Dave Kaufman, who talked about this at one point about Spider Gene on his I video. I saw that video. And and people were talking to Dave about, oh man, they need to make a law so people can't breed these snakes anymore. That is a horrible idea. Horrible, horrible idea. Because it's a huge slippery slope. And if you don't know, realize it's a horrible deal, go talk to anybody that's in guns, that owns guns, and see how they feel about the government saying what they should or should not be allowed to buy. It, it's the same thing. I mean, we're, it's so funny. My, it is it I, though. It is. I talk to my dad a lot. And he's he's into guns, and a lot of what they face is a lot of what we face. It's misinformation, and what's going to happen if they ban these so-called sick animals or these animals with these neuro issues? Is it's just a a nice little step along the way for people to come in and say, "Well, if that's bad, what about anybody owning retics? We can't give them the kind of housing that a retic needs. We should ban those." And then move on to berms and boas, and eventually it becomes all reptiles. And I know that seems like like yeah, that seems drastic, but it's really not. I mean, look at how many laws they're trying to pass right now in different areas to just outlaw stuff. I mean, you can look at some states, and it's already under work. So I'm not going to name areas or anything like that. But you see, uh, usually it starts off nine times out of ten, it's venomous. So you come in an area and you say no more venomous keeping. And uh, so what happens is they ban venomous because, you know, uh, most people, if you pull them out of the street, they're okay with banning venomous. Like, yeah, who needs who needs a waggless pit viper? Who needs a wrinkled cobra? Who needs a gaboon? That's not necessary at I mean, all. I need a gaboon because you're not furious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you see, you start with, like, what do people need? So nobody needs the venomous reptile. And then they, uh, they progress over to, you know, large constrictors, uh, rear fang maybe. Uh, native species because they they want to protect native wildlife. That sounds awesome. You get behind that, you know. Let's. If I come out and tell you that I want to ban bearded dragons, you're like, eh, not so much. If I say I want to protect your native reptile species, that sounds a lot more palatable. So it's just kind of that. It's that's inch forward every time. You take you know another step, another step, another step, and then you're like, what the hell? Now I'm left here with a ball python, a bearded dragon, and a crestiger. That's smart. What the hell happened? Until those are made illegal. Until ball pythons. Oh no! Someone could release a ball python in Florida and. We should outlaw them in Colorado because they can live in Florida. I mean, it's it's the weird. We've got to be careful. And I and I said in my in my response, I think the important thing we do is self police. Exactly. Yes. I think we all need to understand for the hobby. I owned a jaguar at one point. I got rid of them. I've always loved the way they look. I, like, I need one. I need one. I got one. And it had neuro. I mean, they all do. And, and I get it. There's a varying degree for the spider for jags on how much neuro there is. But I saw it and realized. I don't want to breed that. that. That's that's not for me. I don't I don't want to put that out there. And for a long time, I was like, you know what? If someone else wants to, they should. And, and I'm still in the ballpark. If they want to, they should. But I feel like for the hobby, they should not want to. I, I just, we've got to be very careful. We can't give anybody outside the hobby room to weasel in and start changing what we feel. Just look, the South Carolina is trying to pass the, the no corn snakes. You know, and, and it's like Ryan said, it'll be to save the native wildlife. Say, who's taking corn snakes from the wild anymore? So to say it's to save native wildlife is just a little loophole thing that somebody's using to try and ban snakes in general. 
And so that's my concern with any sort of somebody stepping in and telling us we can't do something. And it's like you said, you know, you go back to self-policing. Because I'm really big into that because, I mean, obviously I'm into reticulated pythons, which is uh, – and I will flat out tell everybody right now, and somebody's going to fucking hate me for this, but uh, that's a dangerous animal. It's a dangerous animal. I don't care what you say. It's just as dangerous as a king cobra. If you get a 18, 19 uh, foot angry, grumpy female who's probably, let's say she uh, is egg bound and you try to breed her, well, then you have to deal with an angry snake like that. And she could end your life very quickly. And it's, uh, you have to educate people. You tell people that. You have to let them know, like, hey, this is what you could run into in seven years. This is something that could very well happen. I want to produce uh, eventually. I'd love to be able to produce uh, Sulawesi locale, which is the largest locale. I mean, Medusa, the world record, she's a 25 foot Sulawesi. But that's something that haunts me all the time is the idea of self policing and figuring out who could you sell an animal like that to. You know, hey, you can't just go to Repticon and set up a booth and say, $550 here, buy my Sulawesi reticulated python. Some asshole will walk up with $550 and be like, what do you, and I know a lot of people are like, once the money's in your hand, you know, what are you going to do? You can't just, you can't check on them and monitor them all the time. But it's like, you have to trust certain people. And that's why I, I've said flat out, you know, I'd be probably all for pro, uh, a, I don't know what you call it, aborting or just fucking terminating eggs. I'd be like, half clutch here. Yeah. Feed it to a monitor. Go, go I, remember, I remember you mentioning that somewhere that, uh, yeah, you would, you would definitely limit the amount of eggs that you let hatch. Um, but then, you know, <laughs> That's like, how many eggs can a Sulawesi drop? I mean, if you, a, a really bigger TK Python. I mean, there's been people who've had 50, 60 eggs in clutch. Oh and, and, my god! And, and books, and, and books. You know, when you read as a kid, they're like, yeah, they can have a hundred eggs <laughs> in the wild. And it's like, yeah, okay, okay. But there has been fifty eggs clutches and shit like that. That's why it's the jokes about people getting highball Burmese. It's like, you know, like you're stupid because the market will be flooded in one clutch. Well, have like three egg clutches as well. I also found it funny. Um, one of the replies on my post on the poll was my dad, who is not a reptile person, but he, I like, he I is like supportive. Dad. He is supportive, <laughs> and he lets me know when I'm I'm annoying and stupid for talking about snakes. It's cool, but I thought he made a good point. It, it basically was not going to read the whole thing because I'm not giving him that much credit. But Ouch. <laughs> it basically was if we keep breeding them. Is it really going to move the hobby forward? Is breeding spiders and jags going to help the hobby? I, I think that the big, the big look should be try and get those looks in line bred animals. Try and get that color in some other gene. I mean, you've got to do something. You can't just keep producing snakes that give a, that don't have a high quality of life. And people can say they do, but come on. I mean, if anybody's owned one of these animals, and like I said, I owned one. It doesn't look great when they just can't control where their head's going. They're missing or, missing their target. Like, it's... I mean, when they get excited, it gets worse. You know, feeding mine, he would come just kind of strike randomly and then kind of flop back down. I mean, he'd eat fine. And, and that's the whole thing. I think the problem is we're judging the health of an animal on the wrong criteria. You know, for the longest time, another people have said it on podcasts that we judge how well we keep an animal based on if we can breed it. Well... I mean, look at ball python breeders. You can breed them in a shoebox in a closet. That doesn't mean that that's the best way to keep them. So I think the fact that with a jag, well, it eats, it poops, it reproduces. I get that. But it also can't climb a branch correctly half the time. 
you know, it, you can't hold it without it kind of wobbling all over the place. It's I like, always you, equate it to Parkinson's disease. Because I look at the, you know, you're purposely breeding somebody, uh, breeding an animal for a neurological disorder. Here, wait, uh, before, before you go farther, Ryan is not saying we should not have people with Parkinson's disease. Oh, yeah. Call yeah. them all. No, I'm not saying that <laughs> at all. But uh, I'm just saying, like, I equated to that. that people like, like, well, I think, I'm like, I'm like, so let's say you could purposefully, you know, you say, we're going to get somebody that has blonde hair, blue eyes, 10 out of 10, drop dead gorgeous person, but they have Parkinson's every time. Or would you have a person who's a seven out of ten looks like James Lewis? Oh, hot, hot, hot sexy um, over here. Seventeen <laughs> out of ten, I think, is what you meant. Uh, seven <laughs> out of ten. Let's be honest, you're too fucking tall. <laughs> Goddamn Sasquatch. <laughs> I look up to you, Dad. <laughs> but As you should look up to me. <laughs> but you know, you get somebody who's a seven out of ten who doesn't have Parkinson's. Uh, people are going. I'll be like, well, you know, and it's it's that moment of delight where you realize. You have a fucking point when they go, well, you know, exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah, I think I think a lot of time it just comes down to people, they don't want to admit that it's bad. Because if they admit that it's bad, it makes them feel like a bad person. And don't get me wrong, don't feel like, look, I think Jags are amazing. And I think some of those early, some of those other Jags I've seen, like, I remember seeing them back in like 2005 at Daytona, and they looked amazing. I don't feel bad for liking them, even knowing what's going to happen to them. I don't feel bad for liking them. I just think we've got to realize it may not be the best way to go. And I, I'm the same way with people who want to talk about brachophallic palates and dogs and some of that. You know, you have cleft palate, uh, or brachophallic palates and, uh, pugs and shih tzus and stuff like that. Cause I have a shih tzu. I love her to death. But at the same time, I, being older, and more educated, I've realized, you know, it's not cool. It's not good. You know, we should probably take a step back from that. We should probably advance to, you know, uh, a different phenotype that has, has many issues for sure. Yeah. I just know as, as breeders and as just a hobbyist like Harley, it, it's our job to make our hobby look as good as possible. We already know that we're behind the eight ball on everybody. I, no one, also, the majority of people look down on us as a hobby. And it's our job to try and fix that. And I know way back before it used to be, if you're a reptile person, it was screw what they think about us. We're cool. We like it, but we don't care if they like it. But that can't be how we do that. We can't grow the hobby that way. It's just not the world we live in anymore. Like it goes without saying, like people are trying to take our animals away from us. Like the whole reason why the, the three of us met, the whole reason why, like honestly, like so much of my happiness comes from this. And we have to, you're, you're exactly right. We have to. We have to work hard to put ourselves in the best light possible because, yeah, like, just like you said, we are already. We're under fire. I mean, yeah, just Peter, like a, Peter doesn't want us to own anything. Yeah. And so it's, we've, we've got to, we've got to put the best foot forward. And I think most people know in their hearts that those things aren't putting the best foot forward. And, and look, minus the, the spider and jag. Okay. Whatever. We, that's been talked to death on everybody. But going back to talking about, the homozygous, uh, retake you're talking about, or the motley, you know, the homozygous, the super motley boas. If you know it's going to shorten your lifespan, don't do it. Even if you're, it's the only two animals you have and you're like, okay, that's fine, but I don't want the one that's going to die. I want the one that won't die. But you're still going to produce the ones that are going to die. Like you don't, you don't have a choice. It's going to happen. You've got to just make better decisions. 
and that, and what I had actually had a comment. I don't know if you've seen it because Chris's pets is one guy. He said something about. I don't know, actually, I don't remember. I left that group. I couldn't take it anymore. It's, you know, good stuff out there. I'd say it gets that handy sometimes. But yeah. uh, one guy commented, and I basically told him he's like, you know, whatever the hell with it, you know, forget him. And I was like, I was just like, I would say inexperienced keepers. And I said, what breaks my heart is that somebody who is really eager, really excited, and maybe has saved a bunch of money. They've seen them on Morph Market. They really want to get into that shit because it's it's a gorgeous. I mean, again, they're a gorgeous looking animal. Uh, Everyone's attractive. I don't know anyone who can deny that they're gorgeous. Just yeah, beautiful. So, somebody goes and they drop fifteen hundred dollars on that, and then it dies in a year or two, and then they go asking a question, or they or say it's not dead yet, and then they go to the vet. The vet's like it's constipated, but it's a small town vet. And he's like, I don't really know. I only mess with dogs, cats, and horses. Uh, so the, the person like I, they're on a Facebook. They're like, "What do I do?" Any tips? And then you get that big time breeder who's like, "Yeah, that morph is kind of genetically flawed for having these kind of issues. It's not probably not going to make it through the night. It's going to leave a really sour taste in their mouth, and they're either a going to not miss that species again, or b just say fuck reptiles altogether. This is bullshit, and just pull out of the hobby. And you never know. That could be the person who is like the per like I don't know. Maybe they're the next Keith Pete, or maybe. They're the next Ari Flago or whoever. But, you know, I don't know why I just took a bowl and five there, but no, it's like you really like those big black snakes. I really, I, easy, easy. <laughs> Carly, calm down. <laughs> this is a family but, program. Oh my god, that sounded just like Carly when you that was said. But uh, I mean, that's not my thing. Like I was, I would hate to snub a new keeper, and it's I don't know any, any new person into a hobby. They really need a. Uh, I hate to say it, but these might kind of fucking hold their hand and walk them through some things in life. Though. A little nurtured. Well, they need a little, you know, they're it, unsure. I for nature. I'm all for nurturing, goddammit. <laughs> well, and that, and that goes back to why, like, Carly left Constrictors' Pets or some of the other Facebook groups that people leave. It's because, and we talked about it again, and, I, and I, it keeps coming up, but yeah. people lack that nurture. They lack that compassion. Everyone forgets where they were in the beginning. And for some people, that was three weeks ago. Right. I know, I know. It's such a short, like, it's, yeah. They, they it, forget that they didn't know anything and that, look, if you explain it to that person in a year, they're not going to be the same. They're going to be the person that knows more. But if we don't expect, if we just say your snake's going to die or even worse, what happens is you're stupid for buying that. You should have researched that before you got it. That's not the response someone needs. I got that a thousand times over. Cause I didn't know I was dumb, and I'm embarrassed. I'm still yeah, embarrassed no, no, by it. Not, like, not dumb. It's not dumb. It's ignorant. And and I need who are to the definition of ignorant. It's a yep. lack of knowing, and we yep. can fix that. And we can fix that in a positive way. Well, yeah, I should correct. Like, there's nothing wrong with being ignorant. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being no. ignorant. Like, I I was ignorant, and like you know, yeah, we just kind of have to be a little more sensitive to the people who do save up for this animal that they have been infatuated with and then it does get those problems and dies. Like, just... Exactly, Ryan, yeah. Ryan, Ryan, what's the number one rule of life again? Don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the number one rule of life is don't be a dick. And there's people all the time that are like fucking... And that, like you said, it's... People are just... They're assholes that come to that shit. So if somebody buys a spider, like, oh, that's a neurological gene. You should have known better or blah, blah, blah. Like, there's always some fucking excuse for some people like, that should know better. Maybe. Maybe they knew it had a neurological issue, but they still thought it was pretty and they bought it. Oh, then, like, I'm, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to say this right now while I'm being recorded today. Come back in three years now, 
and everybody who's buying these, because I see them at shows, I see them out there. Uh, these particular these dwarf reticulated pythons are super dwarf reticulated pythons for three hundred bucks. They're buying them, these normal looking three hundred dollars super dwarfs or half or half wolves or whatever they're marking them as right now. And we're gonna see these people come back for years with these fourteen foot snakes, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, you should have known better." And it's like, "Well, guess what? Now they have an animal, and now they have to care for that animal because its yeah. life is in their fucking hands." So let's try to help them out as much as we can because you know we all claim to be fucking animal people. So let's truly be fucking animal people and stop being fucking assholes to each other. You can't, you can't reach the animal unless you reach the person. Like that's, mm-hmm. you just can't. Like, you, like if you truly I, want to help that animal, like I, I get people who are like, well, I don't care about their feelings. I just care about the animal. You know, I, I get that to an extent. I mean, we all get that to an extent. I am more of a people person than to say James. I would, I would. Uh, I, would, yeah. I, I am, but I'm okay with that. I've yeah. accepted it. <laughs> that's part Shut of your charm. That's I know. I just love you. That's part of your charm. <laughs> but yeah, you can't you can't reach the animal. You can't help the animal unless you get through through to the person. And yeah. when they throw up walls, like it's game over. It's done. Mm-hmm. And so going back to the original poll, I think we can all agree that as a hobby, we've got to be better about these genes. We've moved past the bulk of the. I'm going to make millions from breeding all this stuff and we're getting closer to the, I'm going to care for this stuff. Whether, however that looks again, and we have that conversation about racks and bioactive and cages, all of those can be done and still take care of your animals. But genetics, I mean, if we know genetically there's issues, we've got to agree as a hobby to clean it up some. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's with everything, you know, whether it's from dogs to lizards to snakes to birds or whatever. Those it's white. Just, oh, I I'm so sorry, Ryan. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just like oh, you're good. she meant to. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. She usually has a point. She interrupts. My, my she's turn. Like, hey. My turn. My turn. <laughs> no, those uh, those white tigers that that are just like horribly inbred, and because they are they're fucked up from birth. And, some of them. Some not all of them. Some of them. Well, she's talking about the ones that are bred probably heavily in you know captivity for you know yeah. magic shows and shit like that. So. I've got one set. I don't know if either one of y'all saw it on my Facebook. I did oh. post for the, the zoo I worked at here had a pair of white tigers, and the male, his name was Kumar, and he was amazing. Every time I'd go, I could call his name. Even after I left, I mean, this happened Halloween. We were there Halloween for Zubu, and he was laying inside. I yelled, Kumar, and here he comes walking out, and I could see he had gotten old. He was 17 years old. Oh. But he came to the window. He moved back and forth, and he would jump up on the window, and the kids loved it. He was he was a white tiger. Yeah, he's a white tiger, and, and, and he, he didn't have any any deformities or anything, really. No, he, no. You see those pictures on Facebook or on the internet of like the messed up faces and and snouts and muscles on on those white tigers, but that's from inbreeding, inbreeding, inbreeding. Yeah, uh, I thought don't get me wrong. All white tigers are going to be somewhat related, just like oh, any other mutation. Okay, but they're, not, they're not all inbred that bad, and so he didn't have any of that stuff. He looked healthy. He was fine. I mean, he he was seventeen years he, old. I was going to say he lived to seventeen. Yeah, I mean, twenty is pretty good for. I mean, that's pretty pretty old for a tiger. So you're only three years short of that. I just I just had to mention that because I love Kumar and seeing that pop up on my face the other day, that really hurt. He just passed away, and you had just seen him on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it happened that long ago. I saw him, and I said he would get up in the back of the yard and come walk up the front, and he would do. Have you ever heard like the chuffing that tigers do? Yeah, the, <sighs> yeah, he would do that as he goes back and forth, and oh, um, he was an awesome tiger. And, oh wait, yeah, it's it's one of those things like. Especially working at a zoo, but even when you go to a zoo, you see certain animals that are just there forever. 
you know they're not going to be there forever, but in your head, they're going to be at the zoo every time you show up. Mm. And then eventually they're not. Luckily for me, like the giant tortoise that I love at our zoo, he's going to outlive yeah. me. So that's not a problem. How many, <laughs> how, how many tigers uh, did your zoo, or does your old zoo have now? Uh, we only have the one female white tiger, and then they have two, I think two, Malaysian tigers. So they're down to, I think, three. So anyways, that, that was my, my sad moment for the, for the day. I'm sorry, man. So we had one other poll that, again, Carly posted like three hours before this episode because, hey, you know what? I guess I shouldn't be playing. You did post a poll, so. It wasn't three hours. <laughs> it was five hours. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I have two of those five hours ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five hours. But with five hours, we've had 11 votes and several comments. So I'll let you go ahead and read your question. It's a, uh, I asked, do you think snakes can recognize certain individuals? Explain why or why not below. And let's see, we have 11 votes and all of them. Oh, no, excuse me. No. 10 yes and one no. We actually did get Michael Copney who, who voted no. He did explain why. I will read that off here real quick and we can just go from there. He goes, I voted no, but I'd like to think they eventually associate a smell with someone. I know my IJ no longer notices me staring at him or walking by his enclosure. So I feel like that was a no, but a yes as well. I see that. Yeah. I was torn on. I, I did put yes and I was torn on mine. Yeah. I'm with um, you, James. I was in the same boat as you. I read your comment. Yeah. I feel like cobras, some of your higher thinking snakes definitely do. I think cobras, retics are there. People say scrub pythons do it. I've heard Patias and uh, especially Patias Carnata and Patias Mucosa. Are very because uh, they're Asian colibrids. They're very visual, oh, and they are very good at like like cobras. They're, they'll key on your face, and they start to recognize facial features. People have said, but and, and I know they learn because I've heard about people that shift. Say cobras, cobras learn how the shift box works, and so sometimes it's harder to shift them later on, but they don't want to be shifted because they know what's going to happen. So they'll stick like their head in, but not the rest of the body. I just and I'm, I'm gonna I wrote this word down so that I can make sure I pronounce it properly. I feel that too often we anthropomorphize them. And I don't, I don't want to assume snakes are dumb. That's not what I mean. But I think sometimes maybe we give them more credit. And, and it's part of it. Snakes, snakes don't have expressions. It's not like a dog or a cat. They, they give you some sort of an expression. You see kind of what's going on there. There's, it's a blank stare for some snakes. But I can say, looking at like those black mambas at Cody and Pia's, that was different for me. Like those eyes are looking at you. They move with you. It's not a blank stare like I get from like sand boas. Just so many people, I feel like they misinterpret their snake coming out because they hear them moving around in their in their reptile room to them greeting them. You know, yes. uh, their snake coming out to greet them or so. But that I guess that's different than you know. I, I guess that is different than uh, them differentiating between person to person because like anyone was walking around in my reptile room, like my corn snake would come out and see what was going on. So, sorry, continue then. Well, no, I, I don't want to downplay someone's, I guess I don't want to make it sound like your snake doesn't love you, but your snake doesn't love you. It doesn't, but that's okay. That's it tolerates, and tolerates is perfect. If I have, if my snakes will tolerate me, it's an amazing day. And it may even use you as an interaction to maybe like, Look around and get a because we got to think about you know these animals they're probably in a a very primitive state of thought so they're probably kind of like you know eat sleep reproduce Hide. you know show that so they may even like use you for actually a very visual species 
such as Patias or something like that, may actually even use you as a way to look around and get a better bearing of the surroundings, for example. Maybe, because I've seen Dan Larry has that very famous video where Patias just kind of chilling. It's got like a good perch on his like shoulders, and it's got its head just resting on his, his other shoulder looking around. So maybe that animal is like, you know, it, it's like, okay, this right here, you're talking about Dan Larry. Uh, it's like, this is okay. It will not harm me. Now let me see if I can find food while I'm sitting up here. I definitely and, think there's a comfort level that is, is found with people. <laughs> I think animals definitely find a comfort level. I don't know if that's a person-to-person thing, though. And I know many people want to say, well, around my wife. And, and there were comments, and again, I'm not downplaying what how you feel. And a lot of this, I think, comes with how you feel. And who, who the hell knows? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe these snakes are way smarter than we give them credit for. it, And that's awesome. But I just think that it's more of it's a comfort level with certain people, and it may not even be that person, but the way that person acts or when they're holding the snake. You know, some people, well, my, my snake will never let my husband hold it because it will bite him. Well, maybe that's because your husband tenses up. Your husband doesn't really want to hold the snake. And you are completely different. You're much more relaxed. Your heart beats slower. Everything that we can sense about you is calmer. So that may not be a you thing. That just may be how it perceives you. And so, again, I, I, I don't want to downplay because I know a lot of people want to have that connection with their pet. And you get that connection with social animals. You know, dogs, cats. Those are social animals. Things that live in groups or at least, you know, interacting groups. Snakes in general are not social animals. You know, they're, they're just, they're not. They come together for breeding. And that's pretty much it. You know, there are, yes, there are things like diamond, western diamondbacks that come together to roommate throughout the winter. But that's not a, hey, let's all get together and hang out and stay warm thing. That's just, uh, it's warm in this hole. Mm-hmm. It's where I'm going to lay. Now, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Of course, if I can't. Just because I can't. Now, what do you think about species? Uh, we often hear a lot of things, uh, water snakes, uh, garter snakes, stuff like that, that they do better house communally from some keepers. Because of the uh, the constant contact is almost soothing them, it takes down their nervousness a lot. Uh, do you think maybe that those animals would have a uh, reaction to being handled in in small amounts? You know, because garter snakes and water not just like let me rub against you all the time, but maybe uh, in some places, okay, there's like a colony of you know snake. Maybe one by chance would actually you know be calm. With a familiar smell of a hand of a keeper that you know it knows is associated with food, shelter, and safety, as opposed to something like you know a new person walking in a room that is a very unfamiliar smell and unfamiliar stimuli to them. Maybe I can see that. I think snake intelligence may be one of the things on lower on the list for scientists to study. I think there's yeah. probably mam- mammals and birds definitely get higher up on the list, or even things like uh, cephalopods, like an octopus or something. They're studying intelligence in those things far more. Oh, that's a, that's that's a whole other subject. Yeah. <laughs> then they're studying intelligence and behavior in snakes. And so who knows? I have heard people say that they keep their snakes communally and they do better communally. And so, yeah, I get, I'm not saying they can't learn people. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, in my experience, I have not felt that loving connection with yeah. my animals. I have definitely felt that connection of my animal tolerates me and I can take it out. And we've all had that, oh, yeah, my snake's puppy dog tame. I can take it out and it's great. But I don't know if that's a person thing more as, uh, that's, that's a very confident person. animal. Yeah. That's a very, cause I, I, I say it all the time, and you all hear me fucking doing God in my Sulawesi Maji. Yes, he I just know. has, he is a, he's extremely confident. He's a, such a great personality. You can tell 
it's like because anytime you go in there to interact with you know, whether it's changed water clean spot or whatever uh once i all particular pythons i will tell any keeper you need to make a habit to tap train them so take your hook tap them break the feeding response right away but once you break the feeding response He's so confident he wants to, he'll just come out and cruise and he'll like, whether he wants to sit on my shoulder to look around the room or try to get in the ceiling fan, like he fucking wants to every time. And I'm like, stop, no, don't go to the fan. Go look at the light. light. (laughs) (laughs) But Eddie has such a great, confident personality. And I think I struggle with that all the time. Like, does he recognize me? Because I know he, he will stay away from other people whenever I'm holding or whatever, interacting. Uh, but I'm like, maybe that's because he associates me with, you know, safety, security, food, so that, you know, yeah. everybody wants to be, you know, yeah, we all want to have be, uh, taken care of, you know, I'm not going to go to some sketchy place. I'm going to go what's safe and I know is going to be good to me. Maybe he's doing the same thing. Like I said, I, I think a lot of it comes down to people want that connection with their animal. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and they don't want to accept that it, it's not there. Uh, you hear it all the time. And sometimes it's just better to, let some people believe that like as long as the animal isn't getting as as long as the animal isn't improperly cared for like at least they're on our side at least they're one of us you know they they are spreading positive well another don't bash them because they said my snake loves me your next response on facebook when it says oh my snake loves me and it posts a picture of it up against the face shouldn't be it doesn't love you that snake doesn't just keep scrolling yeah you know just just keep going. It's fine. Look, they're they're taking care of it, like you said. There's no reason to have to bash them for that. I'm so sorry. Um, I just like I really wanted to hear because like James, like we talked about in the last podcast, like you're a teacher and you you have that uh, that like drive and that desire to like teach someone when they are ignorant, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. So when you see that, do you, have you ever like taken the time to privately message someone or comment? You know, hey, have you ever like looked into how the, their brains actually work, or or have you have you just pretty much scrolled right by every single time? Or I I usually scroll by. Look, yeah. it's, one reason online it's hard to convey emotion through just words on screen. Mm. It's hard to convey that I'm as much as I am usually a dick. I'm not being a dick when I try and correct somebody on something that as far as science is considered is one way or the other. Again, it's, I'm not saying that science has said snakes are dumb. They don't love you. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm just saying that we don't have a ton of scientific evidence yet that says they are able to form those pair bonds that other things can. You know, look, I go to my fish tank. I open the lid of my fish tank and they all come to the top. I'm not going to say my fish love me. They know that's where food comes from. You know, they, they may follow me back and forth. Because that's where food comes from. Mm-hmm. I don't think my fish have an emotional attachment to me. Yeah. That shouldn't so, stop you from having an emotion, emotional no. attachment to them. Totally. Love your animals as much yes. as you want. Well. Well. Hold the fuck up now. As much as you're <laughs> from Kentucky, y'all can do whatever you want in Kentucky. Don't Where introduce peanut butter at all. <laughs> oh, that got out of hand. God damn it. That was one time. <laughs> God damn it. It was one time. Get a basset hat and a jar jiff one fucking time. And yeah. And Carly's broken. Look, look everybody. He's from Kentucky, so just... <laughs> I mean, so wait, which one do you have? Do you have the, the moonshine still or the meth lab? It's every house has I'm, I'm in the meth lab country. Moonshine okay. is more eastern, like in the mountains and shit. Once you get into lowlands and stuff, it's all meth labs and heroin. The, the, the two biggest exports to Kentucky, meth and moonshine. 
Actually, it's, it's actually moonshine and marijuana. Thank you very much. Oh, but for all legalization shit, it's fucking us over. Don't correct, James. <laughs> all this fucking legalization fucking us over. So, but so, I don't want to take away from also. I don't want to make sure we get in the caveat that we're talking about snakes, monitors, and tegus and iguanas yeah. are a totally different fucking story yes. because uh, monitors. One, monitors do recognize people. Uh, I don't give a fuck what somebody says. Your opinions on Kevin McCurley. Uh, if you watch his old videos and just see his interactions between his his fresh wild cots, his long term captives, his F ones and his F two monitors, no matter what the species is, whether it is a roughneck monitor, uh, I don't think he's ever had crocodile monitors, but uh, or Asian water monitors and savannah monitors, you can see, and they will recognize him. And he mentions it. He's like, you know, if you have bad interactions with these lizards like this, uh, they remember and they retain it. So it's oh, yes, in terms, yeah. It, Exactly. They're also, their brain is way more developed. I mean, if you watch the old uh, P, uh, PBS, yeah, PBS, I almost said PBS, that's not, not right at all. But if you watch the old PBS documentary from Nova, I think it's called like Lizard Kings or some shit like that, where they talk about branded intelligence. It's terrifying. Savannah monitors have, they believe to be an ability to count and calculate. Savannah monitors, the dumb ones, the little stompy fuckers, can count. <laughs> That's, that's better than most people because without you know if people have I know my state can count, can't can. count. but I, no. monitors are different. If you're a top predator like that that has to be able to outthink prey, you can't make it this long on Earth without having intelligence, mm-hmm. which is different than a lot of our snakes. A lot of our snakes, the ones that I'm saying I don't feel form these pair bonds, are ambush predators. They're sit and wait predators. They're not outthinking something. They're they're opportunists. Whereas something like Retakes. Retakes, I mean, obviously in captivity, they're big fat slobs because we overfeed them. But in the wild, they're fairly skinny and they're active predators. And they're, they're a bit of both. It just depends on. So, yeah. what they just, males are usually more arboreal from what we've seen. Males, because, you know, they're smaller. So they're going to spend their life in the trees and we'll, that's actually where they get a break in their uh, feeding style. So males would be arboreal, more active hunters, females are more ambush style on the ground. In some cases, that's why there's different, from what I've read, there is different people talk about uh, the subspecies. That one be like Reticulatus, Sacutria, and Jampionis are all a little different, but that's down a wormhole. I could go down for hours, and I'm not going to get there tonight. <laughs> so I think, like I said, I think, like I said, monitors, monitors are a completely different story. Even iguanas, they they form those pair bonds with people. Iguanas are so fucking smart. It's scary. It's okay. so scary how smart and they look, are. I- I'll be glad if someone can prove me wrong and say their corn snake shows affection. I'm I'm all for showing me. They are way smarter than we think, but at the same time, I don't. I, I, I don't think it's there. But I'm not going to bash someone else for doing. It. Now, ten years younger me probably would bash you and call you stupid. But I'm older, and if you're younger, listen to me now. You're going to realize how stupid you are right now, yelling at people over something that honestly doesn't matter. Fuck and, yeah! And us ten years from now. If you guys still want to talk to me, <laughs> we're we're gonna be like we were so ignorant. There was so oh, yeah. much to learn. It, it's just a constant thing. We beat this drum constantly, but we're always learning. Always students. So, I'm all, and I'm big for everybody just getting on and talk to each other and just talking. Older keepers, younger keepers, talking to each other, whether it's a show or a, a hurt meeting or whatever in person. Because the best thing I ever had was like it's carpet fest. Yeah, people. Huh? Like Fuck you. I heard that shit. <laughs> Or you just call somebody because the best thing I've had happen in a long time was actually having a when I was talking about getting the scrub pythons, which I still am. Uh, Brandon Wheeler were like sending me messages like, 
call me around I get off around this time and I talked to Brandon Wheeler on the phone for an hour and he's somebody I look up to like crazy and like you can get way better tone over a phone than you can over a stupid Facebook message or a comment thread or anything like that. That was my favorite thing at Tinley. Look, it was the first time I got to meet both of you in person and hang out with you. It was mm-hmm. the first time I met Brandon Wheeler and he was he's awesome. fucking funny. I can't wait to see him again already. He was so funny. I got to meet Matt Minnetola. Matt is awesome. You know, it's, it's, we got to meet a lot of different people there for the first time in person. Like, and it's just think, and then we talked about it last time, get out there and talk to people. But get out there and talk to people respectfully. You can don't respectfully disagree. Don't be a dick. Number one rule, according to Cox, is don't according- be a dick. You can be a <laughs> oh Cox, God, but not a dick. Ryan, that sounds like your, your podcast, according to Cox. According, according to Cox. According to Cox. There you go. Patting that shit. It's going to trademark a few days. That was our two polls. I didn't have a lot of YouTube stuff because we kind of, we just did the last podcast in the middle of last week, whatever. One thing I did want to bring up, and I know neither one of you has really watched it yet, but uh, Coyote Peterson has the new show on Animal Planet. And I record that kind of stuff because I, I, I've got to, I've got to at least see it. And then my daughter loves watching that stuff. And I watched it. I watched it. It is a uh, Brave of the Wild. I'm going to be honest. It's not bad. He did. He did call a man of war a jellyfish, and it's not technically a jellyfish. It's related to jellyfish, and it's actually a colony of clones. But, you know, splitting hairs there. What channel is it on again? Like Animal Planet. An- Animal Planet, okay. And and it was good. I think, here's my problem. I know Coyote Peterson from YouTube. And more specifically, I know Coyote Peterson from a series of getting stung and bit and all that stuff by all these different insects and animals. And that kind of ruined his credibility for me. And, and he did explain... You know, that he did a lot of that stuff because that's how it got people to pay attention. And I get that. And, and unfortunately, we live in a world where you've got to shock people to get them to pay attention. You need that clickbait. Uh, yeah. we, yeah. we've talked, we've talked about our click, our, my beef with clickbait before. So at the same time, I get that he needed that, but I don't think, he, I don't know. And, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Steve Irwin did the same stuff, but to me, he didn't. Steve Irwin, I hold Steve Irwin. And I know I'm I'm older than both of y'all, so I kind of watched him a little more than y'all did. I, I don't know, but <laughs> you you for sure did for me. <laughs> no, I I hold him at a different level. The stuff he did that was always always would upset me. Like, well, if he's gonna die, a snake's gonna kill him. I was like, if he dies from anything, it won't be a snake or a crocodile. So I'm telling you right now, I've never watched anybody on TV who knew what they were doing more around those kinds of animals than him. And it, it really killed me when people were like, when he did die from the stingray, and said, oh, I knew that was going to happen. I'm like, bullshit. You didn't know he was going to get stung in the heart by a stingray. No one knew that was going to happen. And so uh, I got a mess of box to explain that I like this show because it is very much in the... It's in the vein of the... the old, it's, it's like yeah. the style of, you know, whether it's... Uh, Jeff Corwin. Steve, yeah, Jeff Corwin, Mark O'Shea, Steve Irwin, all those in the old school Harpers like that. Yeah, and, and it's very much... He's, he's not... You know, he's not a educated. He does not doesn't have a degree in herpetology. You know, this he's like the he's like Steve Irwin. He goes out there and he catches stuff and he learns about it. And like I said, had he not done that whole public getting stung a bit, I probably would have not have been like ugh. So I watched the show kind of with those those goggles on of the ugh whatever. But it wasn't bad. It was it was it was good. It was factual for the most part. And you know, he said he wanted to do this show because. The old Steve Irwin and Mark O'Shea and Jeff Corwin, that stuff doesn't exist anymore on TV. You know, when, when Steve Irwin died, Animal Planet went to hell in a handbasket. I mean, it went down. I mean, 
Shit, they did Meerkat Manor. They gave soap opera stories to meerkats. What the hell? You went from having someone I respected. Oh, hell about The reason I became a zookeeper was him. Really? Yeah. And then you're pretending meerkats have a storyline. You know, we have to give that to him, too, though, because there could be someone who's just like you, who the reason they go on to study animals and try to, like, conserve them and be a conservation con- conservationist is because they saw him. You know, it, it could be, you know, we do have to give him that because he's passionate. But yeah, so we do have to give him that. He's, he's, uh. He's gonna bring a whole new generation, like Steve Irwin did. I mean, if you go to a reptile show and you talk to anybody that's your age, my age, we talk about Steve Irwin like he was, like, the. A demigod. Like, yeah. And so, nowadays, the, the, the generation, these kids don't know who he is, so it's hard to go. Hey, watch this old grainy video of this guy. Yeah, watch this old ass video of this. You know, yeah, they're so bad. And so I, t- I watched some of Tiny Peterson stuff on his YouTube channel, which is Brave Wilderness, and it's some really good stuff. Like uh, I watched one that he did with a Bushmaster that was really cool. There was one where he was he talks about being in the jungle. This ocelot just like showed up and started playing with him in the middle of the and I don't want people to go, well, that's staged. And look, it may have been, it may not have been. People always, a lot of that stuff has to be staged because you can't walk through the jungle for 15 hours and find nothing and put out a TV show. Like, some of the stuff Irwin did was staged, wasn't it? Has it has to be. Has it, to yeah, be. I was going to say. There's like, one clip in particular I can think of right now that involves a green tree python that is obviously staged as shit where he climbs yeah. up in a tree and he pulls out this perfect, beautiful, green and blue, like almost manoc looking uh, green tree. But, uh, it doesn't change my view of what he did. No, it yeah. doesn't. And the way I look at it is, you know, Coyote Peterson, who James mentioned some, some mentioned it, he was the one to talk about that with me. And I thought about it because I was like, man, fuck Coyote Peterson. Fuck that dude. And then I thought about it. I looked at it. I watched a couple of his interviews. I watched, uh, he did a Hot Ones actually, and he was talking about it, uh, the interview, the show where they eat Hot Wings and shit, which is actually oh, interesting because yeah. you can watch people do that show. And I think you could get a very good, uh, you get a very good point on somebody when they're dying because someone's burning their esophagus out. <laughs> you actually get their perfect viewpoints. And he talks about stuff. And uh, I think Howdy Peterson is actually maybe just the smartest guy in the room and we're all like not able to catch on what he's doing. Maybe he's like, you know, he plays the clickbait role. So he's, uh, he's like, because when we watched Steve Irwin, you know, it was Journey to the Red Rock. It was, you know, uh, Green Forest and Clouds. It wasn't getting bit by giant Albert pythons and shit like that. No, that wasn't the titles at all. No. So he just has to play a different ball game, and I hate the ball game. I, that's that's my problem. I, I can't hate the player. I hate the ball game. That's my problem. I don't like the way you have to get people interested nowadays because you can show me a documentary that simply is Attenborough. It's, it's simply Attenborough talking about a snake in the jungle, and nothing happens other than just footage of a snake moving through the jungle. I'll watch that shit every day. Mm-hmm. But the problem is. So many people need that snake to be attacking something or killing something or for someone to be... Or essed up and just furiously hissing and, like, venom dripping from its fangs. And, yeah, it like, most normal people, not like us, need... I really, once I started to think about it, I like the fact that the show exists. And I hope that he has a little bit of control over it so it doesn't get... So it's not like the guy who had no control over the anaconda eating him himself. Like, that was crazy. That was such a good interview. I'm fire. I hated that motherfucker until Joe interviewed him, and I posted it. I, I hate it. 
I hated his fucking guts because I remember I was in Florida. It's like that's like a flashbulb moment for me. I was in Florida with my grandparents and their RV watching that, and I was like already like we had just gone to an uh, like an alligator farmer that day, and I spent like three hours playing with an anaconda. This guy brought out. So, so that's just everybody knows. We're talking about eating alive, which was the show on Animal Planet or Discovery Channel. Discovery Channel. It was Discovery Channel. It was eaten alive. The guy was supposedly going to get eaten alive by a giant anaconda. Whereas all the snake people are like, yeah, that's not possible. But we watched it just because we were like, what the fuck's going to happen? And uh, what happens is a lot of shaky camera work, a lot of jumping from scene to scene, and then them calling it off at the end saying, oh, it was too dangerous. They had to stop. When all of us watching it realized that snake one wasn't angry, it wasn't constricting them. And it wasn't even trying to eat them. And so all of us think, oh, this guy's an idiot. And then our buddies, Joe and Melissa, on From the Ground Up, interviewed him. And after hearing from him, kind of changed a lot of how we view him. I need to. I'm he was lo- fucked on that deal, is what it was. I know. And he, I'll say it again, he's one of us. Like, he loves these animals so much. And you could just hear, I'm going to look up who's, I feel bad. I look up who, I'm going to look up who exactly he is right now. Um, uh, Paul Rosalie? Huh? Paul Rosalie? The guy that's who just eat a lot? That's his name? It is, yeah. He's the uh, mother of God, too. Oh, my God. Um, He wrote that book? I'm thinking it's the same really? motherfucker, yeah. Oh, wow. The more you know. Let's see here. Yeah, Paul Rosalie. Uh, dude, yeah, you're... God, nailed it, Cox. I love natural history, shit. <laughs> so, so go to, if you can find that interview, if you've watched... If you've watched uh, eaten alive and it put it no pun intended bad taste in your mouth go to from the ground up and find the interview with him and, and you'll realize that it's so you, good you know basically discovery took him and said look we're gonna have to clickbait this whole thing to see people will watch it and that's what they did they clickbaited the whole thing it was it was over sensationalized and, and the shame of it is he found a really awesome looking anaconda, whether he found it or not. But there was a I really think it was the, it was the largest uh, wild caught anaconda they ever, like the largest one they ever found. And it was impressive. That whole part was impressive. It was like eighteen footer. It was the largest anaconda that's ever been found. Beautiful, and then it got ruined by the end. You know, I, and, that's, and that's where I'm at. Well, like you'd send me like who was you remember that guy used to be on National Geographic episodes all the time that goes down and he's um he finds the anaconda's barefoot. God bless America. Now you mentioned, yeah. There were, there were several different uh, episodes on National Geographic that he did. And he would find Anaconda's barefoot. And there was never like, watch him get attacked, watch him die. And that was interesting. I loved all that. But that apparently is, unfortunately, not good enough for TV anymore. Or good enough good enough for people. And I think... I think it's I, coming the other way now. I think if they quit showing the sensationalized stuff... And the only option is to watch the better stuff. People will watch it. You just got to shoot it better. You just got to do it better. I think it's, I think I think the pendulum is swinging back because if you look at stuff, uh, reality TV is everything is splitting apart. So if you look at people like if somebody's on Netflix because Netflix is and uh, Hulu are obviously the most dominant forms of media consumption in our country. So we look at Netflix and people who are Netflix are not watching sensational documentaries. They're watching documentaries. We're watching, uh, was it Earth at Night? We're watching Our Planet. We're watching Green Planet. We're watching all this stuff like that, uh, because we actually want to learn. And Animal Planet is either going to have to get with the times and realize that's what people want to watch if they're going to watch that, 
And if they want to watch reality television, they're going to watch The Bachelor. They're going to watch The Bachelor and all the fucking Survivor and show that on those channels. Everything's going to split apart. We're going to find our niche. Which, and then maybe they won't fuck with, like, Paul Rosley no more. Or maybe they won't fuck with, like, uh, the people from, uh, Contiguer Pelzu. Because I heard they talked about wanting to do shows, but every time they're like, you know, we want to do something, like, they try to clickbait them, and they're like, no, we're not doing that. Well, and, I, and I'm sure people will say that Steve Irwin was sensationalist and it was all that. But that was him. Like, I don't think what you saw was him. And he was over the top in general. He was just he was excited. Like Everything excites him. Everything. You know, and that was him. That wasn't done for TV. I think that if you didn't have a camera there, that's Steve Irwin going after a lizard down, running down a road like a crazy little kid. And that's why it was fun to watch. And then that, that's why we chase lizards down a road yeah. like crazy kids. Yes. And, and do you remember when, do you remember the first time you saw Planet Earth, the, the miniseries yeah. Planet Earth? And that was, it blew your mind. And that IMAX camera, like, oh, the uh, magnitude of that. My favorite one is like was the uh, the sunflower starfish wherever and then like the bottom of the ocean wherever and all the starfish are like on this giant rock and you're like looking at it and they talk about how the these starfish were like I think they said like um just barely under a meter across and you're like holy shit you get this like, moment chasing, of magnitude and he's chasing all the other starfish and they spear up and you see him moving and everything moving out of his way mm-hmm. like. It just, and they had that one where you saw the wolf chase down the caribou. Oh, God, it was so insane. And it was the way that was shot, and there wasn't any sensationalized stuff about it. There was no making up a storyline. They showed what nature had. If you show what nature has correctly, people It'll blow you the fuck away. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And, and, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Coyote Peterson can at least get more of that than the, oh my God, watch me get killed by this 14-foot YouTube, which is what YouTube is for. Leave that on YouTube. Show real stuff on network television because that's that's what needs to be there. Well, it's like he, he does that shit, and History Channel right now is ter- currently trying to is trying to copy his format. I think they have like Pain Master or some shit like that, where the guys running around he's getting bit by re- retakes. Oh my and, god! And, oh yeah. And, and I've seen that, and like I think that's not doing too hot. But Animal Planet, you know uh, what is it? The Irwins, their thing. Oh yeah, the Irwins. I, I think like theirs is doing really good. I, I watch. I want to watch it so fucking bad because fucking I'm like, it. I'm like little Robert. I remember you were a child. Oh, dude, he's so much like his dad. Just and I was like, when the fuck did you grow up? He is a clone of his father. When I saw Bindi on fucking what was it, Dance with the Stars, I was like, I was like, when the fuck did this happen? <laughs> I'm old. Oh, the only thing I always remember about Bindi is you are named after a dog and a crocodile. Yep. Bindi. Bindi was the crocodile, and Sue. His name is Bendy Sue. Sue was the dog. He was this fucking little black dog around everywhere with yeah, him. Yeah, everywhere with him. Because I'm like, like, you grew up named after a crocodile and a dog. But a crocodile and a dog that everybody knows. Man, we're going out of a hole right now because I'm like thinking, like, man, I'm pretty sure I still have my old fucking Steve. Remember the Steve Irwin board game? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. I used to have that. I'm pretty sure it's like, man, I'm going to go out of a fucking rabbit hole tonight because of no. James. <laughs> Bring that, if you still have that, please bring that board game to ne- to our next get together. Like the next time all of us get together, please bring that board because you know I'm bringing Battleship. Well, see, like I don't know if you can see on the camera. Look right up there. I see okay. it. Hey, I see Yeah, it's a little pop of uh, Steve Irwin. But right now I'm in the process of trying to get the one with the turtle. That's all the crocodile, and I've gotten several with the crocodile. I'm still trying to get the turtle. Yeah. But I, took out, I took it out of the box, and my wife said, "You need to take that out of the box." And I'm like. It's never going anywhere. It doesn't need to stay in the box. It needs to be out and in my snake room helping me. 
Yes. My, my little Maybe secret fuck at all. So, we get a Marco Shea Funko Pop made now. Please and thank. Do you get original redhead Marco Shea or do you get Santa Claus Marco Shea? <laughs> I want redhead Marco Shea because our buddy uh, Joe interviewed him. And when I saw him up on the camera, I was like, it's Santa Claus. Santa. When, when did Santa Claus say he likes snakes? That's awesome. <laughs> Dang, it's been 20 years. <laughs> okay, that does make sense. I'm getting old. Got it. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. My girlfriend Tara said some shit the other day about like something like that was like 17 years ago, and I was like, "Why would you tell me that?" <laughs> the nerve! Don't remind me of how old I am. Damn it! Like, if you just want to hurt me, you know. <laughs> like you didn't personally attack me like that. Okay, fuck <laughs> you. So that's like I thought the other day. Uh, Reptiles magazine. You know when I got my first issue? When? Over a decade ago. So that makes that makes me feel old because I probably got my first issue in like 2005. Yeah, or somewhere. I got mine in like 2017. Because my first time uh, the Daytona was in 05. So God, you are old. I know. But anyways, I that was my kind of my. It wasn't YouTube, but it was YouTube moment for the week. It was Coyote Peterson. Yeah, man. I, I do recommend. People check out his show on Animal Planet. Give it a chance, even if you put a bad taste in your mouth from all the getting stung by bullet ants and bees and all that crap. Give this show a chance. It's kind of that old school going out and finding stuff. I I wouldn't have watched it unless you li- unless we literally had this conversation right now. I I wouldn't have. I um, I watched it because I wanted because I wanted to talk about it and because mm-hmm. my daughter enjoys watching that stuff with me, so I recorded it as a full watch. Yeah, it's funny. It's still sit there and. And correct and go, well, that's, they don't need to do that. Like, they started showing the videos of when you got stung and all. And, uh, my, my daughter's like, well, he doesn't need to do that. That's not necessary. And that's my nine year old daughter, eight year old daughter going, that's not necessary. So. God, Joe is such an old person with a little body. <laughs> yeah. Joe is such an old person with a little body. So I do want to go ahead. I was just going to say she's wise beyond her years. I do want to go with, uh, some keeper tips. So, yeah, keeper tips. I do. Have a keeper tip. My keeper tip is not a uh, a visual this week. It's not a visual thing to show. It's more of a keeper tip as an advice. And this comes from years of having reptiles. It comes from the going through and having too many, and having to deal with all that, and that being overwhelming, and going through the whole getting rid of me and all that. The one thing that I have found to be the most important is every time you walk either into your reptile room or past your reptile's cage. Do something. Just do something. So, like for me, when I walk in my room, change a water or two every time you go in there. All right. Whenever you go in, change a bedding or two every time you go in there. Because I know I walk into my reptile room probably five times a day. If I do one thing every time I'm in there, it never builds up. And I, and I remember days of I put it off and put it off and put it off. And here comes like a Friday night. I'm in my reptile room for three hours cleaning every cage because I put them all off for too long. And so, just my simple key tip is. Do something. Clean something. Refill water. Take it out and just hold it for a minute. Lizard, snake, toe, whatever it is. Don't get complacent and get to where you become blind to it and you walk past it every time and not pay attention. If the moment you're walking past it every time and acting like it's not there, it's time you need to reevaluate whether you should have it. And I go back to just because you don't want to take care of it anymore, just because it may not fit into what you do anymore, doesn't make you a bad person. What makes you a bad person is keeping it in that situation because you're afraid to admit that it's not the situation you want. So that's my keeper tip. For damn sure. Ryan, have you ever had that situation where 
you, you got something and you just weren't into the species or the animal. Yes. And, yeah. Hundred percent. That's fucking hundred percent. I always have to go. I actually, uh, anytime Burke and him or Joe or whoever is fucking talking about whatever podcast I listen to that day, they're talking about uh, if you if you have a species, it, it's okay to try something and not like it. It's mm-hmm. fine to not like something. I had a Texas rat snake. Loved it. I love my Texas rat snake. His name was Jeepers Meepers because he looked like the fucking the thing about meat a fucking uh, SpongeBob. Oh my god! The nematodes. I don't know what it was, but he was a scaleless Texas rat snake. That was where it got me. He's scaleless. This is why I'm not for scaleless animals because he would actually hurt himself rubbing up against his hide trying to shed. Really? I like, yeah, I got him for spanning. Uh, Tinley last not not last year, the year before. The first day walked in or second no Saturday morning walked in, seen it was there. And uh, if you've ever seen a scaleless Texas rat, they are smoking. They are the brightest red and orange you've ever seen. Like, if I can get a Texas rat that color, that's perfect. But their scaleless forms are just phenomenal looking. And so I was like, I wanted it. And it was actually, he was going to be a friend, uh, gift for a friend. Uh, she was watching my animals. And she uh, would watch them because she's really good at reptiles. And I was gonna, she wanted a snake. She had a beard dragon, so she wanted a snake. And I was like, this is something that no one else will have. So you can have the coolest pet rat snake. She wanted a pet rat snake. And, uh, needless to say, I told her, I was like, they got a big attitude. A big attitude was too much for her. And I found out all it took was a hook. Get a hook out. He was chill as fuck. He would just sit there. He would look around. He would explore. He'd clean the cage out, throw him on his shoulder. Cause, you know, I was that keeper. I was like, I'll just put him on my shoulder. It'd be all right. It's a miracle. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up with a rat snake to the eyeball. It's a fucking miracle. <laughs> to the eyeball. Texas- because Texas rats are a bit cantankerous for anybody who doesn't know. Oh, yeah. uh, I about lost Joe Phelan's uh, when I went to Northeast Carpet Fest last year. Uh, it was me and Brots were there, and Joe's like, "Well, do you want to see the collection?" And I was like, I'll, "All I wanted to see was the leucistic Texas rat thing." So he's sitting there, and he opens it, and he's like, "Anybody want to try to hold it?" And he giggles, and I was like, "Hands in that son of a bitch!" Reached in there, and then. Uh, I turned out that was a spring-loaded snake, and she jumped about three foot in the fucking air, leaped into the other, into like the rack, and we're trying to catch her and run it. Oh, God, it was so terrible. See, that's, that's a small one. I had three seven-footers at my zoo. And, I mean, that's got to be the closest you can get to tailing a big lapid without having to <laughs> Yes, exactly. I mean, those, they were, they were easily seven foot, all three of them. They hated me. They're, Evil. There's whenever they got an attitude, they let you fucking know it. So what? What did you end up? Did you end up selling it to someone you know? No, or? I gave it to a friend. I had a yeah. friend. He had got a corn snake, and he was talking about wanting to get reptiles. And he's like, "I want something with just a little bit more attitude." So I was like, "I got this motherfucker right here." And he actually he has renamed him FP, which stands for fucking prick. So, uh, <laughs> so. He, Ryan, you've got a relatively small collection right now, though, right? Yeah, I've got a super small collection. I've only got like seven things. I've got my pair of gray rats. I've got three retics. I got a, my, my quarter dwarf. I got my super lazy. I got my 75% super dwarf. And then I have my, no, I have six things. Six? And then I have my Erian Jaya, which I'm going to be getting another Erian Jaya carpet python, uh, from that- Jacob Ross at GLB Memorial yes, soon. That'd be cool. So, cause I tried to, I tried to avoid, cause I was really, and I was into reptiles as a kid, uh, and then just, I just never like doubled down. I got like my leopard geckos and that was it. I had a pair of leopard geckos forever that never bred or anything. Well, they bred, they had infertile eggs, 
But I never cycled them. I just had them co-had because I was stupid. I was like, here, chuck them in a cage together. And they were cool. Uh, the female, she died uh, recently. She was six years old and my male, he, I've had my male seven in school. He's an old fucker. But uh, I was thinking, I never wanted to grow too big because I used to watch videos of Bar Check and uh, what the fuck else would go videos back in the day? I remember watching Snake White all the time. Bar Check. I was like, I was like, yeah. I just watched, well, I used to watch, there's another guy I used to watch, and I can't find him anymore, because I would like to actually find out who he is in that stream, like, you know, you've done a lot for me, whether you like it or not, because watching that guy's videos, I watched that guy struggle with IBD, mites, oh. all kinds of shit, because he, and he, like, was open all the time, and viper people was things, but it was not fun, viper people, poor bastard, and that rascal. rascal. <laughs> <laughs> but they, the thing, like, and I watched the other guy's videos, not bar checks, and, uh, cause he got sand boas, and then he got red tail boas, and then he got, he was a boa guy, and he got viper boas. And, uh, watching IBD his, his collection, like, broke my heart as a, in middle school and high school, cause you watch him, like, he was like, every week he was doing updates, like, he's like, euthanize three boas, euthanize two boas, oh. euthanize four boas. And the guy was like, barely 22. Oh, no. And so that's like, I was one of the boys, like, did not grow too quickly, and like, Eat my own words, you know, not eat no. shit and crash and burn so hard because you got too overzealous and got overloaded and you didn't see a problem. See, and I was there. I know that feeling. So I was there. Yeah, you you just talked about that the other yeah. the other podcast. You went through went through it. So, any other keeper notes? Keeper tips. Uh, Ryan, do you have a keeper tip? I do not have one. I like to make cheap ass boil hides from coffee cans. I mean, I've seen I that. Garrett Hartlestrip actually one time when I yeah. said him because uh, I was like, here, this thing, I know you're balling on a budget master, so here, here's this. But I like to take so, coffee, coffee uh, tubs that you get, uh, usually Maxwell House or Folgers, maybe. The plastic oh. ones, right? Yes, the plastic tubs. And they, the cool thing is you can drill about four holes in them because all of my animals have uh, some form of perching with PVC pipes. And you can take the, uh, the holes drill in the plastic tub and, uh, you can hook them up on there with zip ties, and then you can open the tub out, spray it out there, desanitize it with your isopropyl or chlorohex or F10 or whatever you use. And I like it. It's simple. They seem to enjoy it. Uh, do they use it all the time? No. But I think it's because my retakes are, you know, little turds and lazy. I'm always moving around and hunting. They'll perch on top of it and hunt and look down and hunt at night. See them. It's a cool little uh, hide because it allows them to perch. It's easy to clean, and it's disposable if you want to get a new one. <laughs> um, so if anybody wants to see that, I'm going to – Ryan will have to post it on his special – I'll post it on mine, or I may send you a link to Garrett's post that yeah. I sent to him. Because uh, Garrett Hartle is a person that I like to talk to every now and then. somebody I respect a lot. He's helped me out a lot in the hobby. Him and Andrew Acevedo, God love him, helping me with my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um. I did want to talk about one thing that is podcast related. Uh, have you listened to the the new NPR Cliff Notes? I have Cliff Notes. Oh wait, which not one? The, not like the, the, one the new new one, one today. Just, yeah, the... just them in general. I thought that was really cool. I love their episodes. Yeah, but their episodes are you know they're two hours long and and they're good, they're entertaining, and they're great. But I like their Cliff Notes. They're, they're concise and they're on a certain topic, and it's just a streamlined. This is what it is. This is what it came from. This is. And so I've enjoyed that a lot. Eric he seems to be doing them. Oh, no one's not going to answer. <laughs> I I appreciate it. I mean, you know, the three of us were all we're we're so hungry for snake content all the time. 
So when he's when he came out with that, he's just like, you know, this is just for something who for something for someone who doesn't want to uh, take in like a two hour podcast. Like and it's for us, too. It's it's awesome. Well, and they've got so many years where they've covered every single topic multiple times. It's overwhelming. And now he just shrinks it down to just him talking about that topic. You can listen to it and go, oh, that's cool. Go. The one right now, uh, one just released today. <laughs> and it was on, I was looking at it earlier. I haven't had a chance to listen to it because it just released. But it's the history of the Citrus Tiger line. That's going to be a good one. And that's what I was look, maybe carbon pythons aren't your thing. Uh, maybe you don't care at all about Citrus Tiger line, but listen to it. I mean, it's, it's entertaining. It's information. And if you're, if you're a reptile person, learn as much as you can about the different parts of the hobby. If you're not a turtle person, next time you go to a show, stop at a booth with someone says turtles and ask them a question or two. Just, just to find out. Ask them how, what they feed them or ask them how they set them up in their, at their place or ask them anything about them. Um, learn stuff. I don't know if you were setting me up for that segue, but that's perfect for, for the podcast that I wanted to talk about because it's kind of on the same, on the same page where like it's a really nice touch in a podcast where like uh, Eric's doing these carpet cliff notes and you know like you just said asking people about species like honestly carpets aren't really my thing I love learning about them they're not my like I really I find myself being really drawn to rat snakes and colubrids but I mean who doesn't you know like that could change within a matter of hours, but um, I really like the Strength and Leo's podcast, and that's been mentioned before on NPR too. But um, Evan Woolridge just uh, in his most recent episode twenty seven with Chris Charlton, it was a really good one, uh, and he added something that he's going to do with his podcast now. It's called, or he's calling it his one big thing, <clears throat> and it's his one big thing that he took away from the conversation. That he that really stood out to him and that he's going to remember. So he his one big thing was taking risks in pairings, taking risks on yourself, um, not being. Uh, I really liked the quote that he said. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote him: "Not be afraid to zig when everyone else is zagging. Investing in yourself." Uh, and he just went over how it may not pay off in one season or two or six seasons, but really trusting your intuition. It may not pan out, but at least you, you tried, you know, and I just, uh, you know, and he, he touched on, it doesn't mean you need to drop like $6,000 on imports and, you know, all, all these, all this crazy stuff. But, you know, I thought that was super cool and a really nice touch to his podcast. No, I think that's cool. Uh, I also agree with, so when I got back into sand boas, I was not going to just go out and buy anything. I, I focused and I, and I made sure what I bought was going to get me where I wanted to go. I think too many times in the hobby, people pick up this animal or that animal and go, all right, well, I got two of them. Let's bring them together. And they don't put thought into it. And I think that's one thing that needs to happen more and more. It needs more thought than any breeding project. You know, I don't mind if someone buys a snake and their next thought is, I want to breed this snake. That's fine. But put some thought into it. If you buy a normal Colombian boa, don't just go, oh, I found this other normal Colombian bow for free on Craigslist. Gonna breed them. Don't, don't do that. But that's not moving anything forward. I mean, trust me, there's tons of them out there. You don't need to add to it. But if you get a good looking Colombian bow, go, all right, now let me see what I can find that I also think would be worth it. Like, that's not to say 
well, what if I like the way normal Colombian bullets look? I get that. But go for a certain thing. Maybe you like the way their tails look. Or maybe you like the speckling or less speckling. Go for that. Don't just settle for whatever you got. I think it's been touched on, too, in, uh, like, the other the other millions of podcasts that we listen to, too, about when they've talked about uh, breeding projects, like, you know, constantly work to improve it. And even if it's, you know, your first season, like have something in mind and work to make it better, uh, that either whether it comes to health or, you know, the the morph or, you know, any of that stuff. That sounds like a, it, that really rings true with the latest episode of NPR uh, with Eric Hernandez, where he talked about, you know, always improving because I think he said he was at the, the OG with fucking the red line and shit like that. And Michael Pinnell and all that they've worked together. You know, they're, they mentioned always keep improving, always go forward. Don't be afraid to do something that's a little different. Don't be afraid, you know, to outcross. You know, there's some guys who, they strictly breed, uh, Madame Blueberry, which is a line of, uh, carpet python in the coast, or the coastal subspecies as of today. <laughs> but, you know, everybody talks about, you know, they're like, they keep like, oh, I've got this Madame Blueberry, and I bred it to another Madame Blueberry, and then I bred that to a blueberry, and then I bred that to its son. And it's like, and he's like, you know, they don't be afraid to outcross that motherfucker because, you know, you're getting into the range of inbreeding depression you keep on pro- progressing so, so on and so forth. And, uh, also, you mentioned carpet clothes, James. I don't know if anybody knows this, but anytime anybody who asks a question about carpet pythons in any group, I'm like, go to carpet cliff notes because if you, if you link them to Morelia Python Radio, it's intimidating to chunk in a two hour podcast if you've yeah. never done it before. But a 35 minute podcast about the history of coastal carpet pythons, uh, the difference the in the morphs. subspecies, yeah. stuff like that, uh, it's much easier to intake and it's more likely to get somebody in the right place at the right time. I, so yeah. I love that from Eric Berg. It's awesome. Hey, Carl, you talk about not being a carpet person. I own I own one carpet now, and I like them. And the problem is, I'll go to shows. So Michael Pinnell bends a lot of the shows that I've been. That's and dangerous. The, the safe thing is, I'm usually too poor to go buy anything off his table because I'll go buy. And I'm like, oh man, that looks awesome. I could do that. And then after a while, I was like, no, you're doing sand boas. Stop that. Don't go get more carpet buy dots because I mean, you'll want to buy it. Really pretty. Like it's 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 come a long way. Some of that selective breeding, especially that Michael Pinnell's done, it's it's awesome. Mm. And so, I think a lot of times it's okay if if you're just. I don't want to say this and make it sound like uh, if you're just a hobbyist. If you're if you're someone who just wants pets, buy four, five, six, seven different species of snake. Enjoy all of them. But if you're someone who wants to seriously breed, don't do that. Don't just randomly buy stuff. Don't do that. <laughs> don't just randomly buy stuff and then all of a sudden go, Ooh, no, I don't, I don't have a pair of it. I'm just going to find something so I can go ahead and read this real quick. And we could go on and on about this about like, uh, you know, before like, there's, there's, there is a lot to consider before you breed. Like, do you uh-huh. have, ho- do you have housing for the babies? Like, where are you going to place them? Can you keep them until you're able to, you know, but, uh, We'll, you know, we'll, we, we'll we dive could, into that later. Yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be um, a whole big thing. But I just wanted to express express my appreciation for the effort that, uh, you know, Eric and everyone is trying to do because that, like we were talking about kind of nurturing and like holding new people's hands, like that is something that Eric is throwing out there to, you know, he's he's really walking the walk. Um, and a lot of people are to really helping these new people. So I think that's fantastic. And that's what I hope we could do on here. Look, when we talk on here about stuff, it's stuff that we have come across in the hobby over several years. It's things that we see pop up all the time. 
And I would like this podcast to reach people that have been in the hobby for 20, 30 years, as well as someone who's been in it for two or three days. I would like for them to do, listen to this and take something away from it. My buddy Dylan is going to, he's, he's not like a herp nerd like us, but he's going to listening he, or he's going to listen. He's good. He's good. At he's, he's got ears. He's going to listen. He's going to listen. So hopefully like this might be, this might be what, uh, you know, inspires him to start getting into the hobby and, you know, just dive right in like all of us. One thing about people, I want to make sure everybody also pays attention to is, uh, don't get stuck in your wheelhouse. Listen to other things. Carla listens to Leopard Gecko podcasts, and she doesn't have Leopard Gecko. James listens to, I don't know, do you listen to ContraCast? Every now and then I do, yeah. Okay, listen to ContraCast, and you don't may not keep Contra, because one thing, I, I love ContraCast. That is like hey, hey, hey. my Justin my doesn't need to hear favorite. more good things about himself. That is my third favorite extra Reptile podcast. It's NPR, from the ground up, ContraCast. It's <laughs> net order. I don't know. Go fuck yourself. Um, but in that order, because uh, if you listen to Cadre Keepers, because they are like they are like the they are like the, Maga- the MacGyvers of Reptile Keepers. They will figure out some shit that you never even thought about. Like, who would have thought that Cadres have had valve movement problems because they haven't been in a rain chamber? Like, no one would have thought. Like Indonesian species from Papua New Guinea. Like, who would have thought that? Yeah. So I like listening to that. And I like taking stuff from them, like with uh, food variety. Uh, don't feed your animals so much. Uh, that book from uh, Julander and Terry Phillips, that's an amazing book for snake husbandry in general because it's like, don't keep your shit so hot, don't feed them so fucking much, and don't breed them at a certain weight. Wait till they get a certain age and you might have a longer-lived animal. Those are all things that I've started to do in the last few years. Uh, I've dropped some temperatures on my boas. They're not as warm as they used to be. I do you, do you mind me asking? I think I've gotten it down to mid to high 80s where it's like, it used to be Hot spot for boas is 95 degrees. Yeah, 92 to 97. Like. Like, and then you start to think, damn, that is hot. Like, especially in a cage where, okay, it's 95, but you can only get it down to like 80 on the other end. So, yeah, that's a lot. So I, I, I run it a little cooler. I'll ask you, do y'all feed on a regular schedule? Yes and no. I, with my, my little ones, I, like, I usually do five to 10 days and, like, I'm just like Ryan, we've had conversations where, like, I'm we we are petrified to overfeed our animals. Like, I know are. you are because you, you and I are just like, fuck, we broke it. What do I do? I can't go back. You, you don't like, want you don't want to owe in your snake. <laughs> oh, oh, I think well, I've actually been in a chat when I got my uh, my quarter door last fall. And I was like, she's so small and my males are so big. I've broken them. <laughs> I pulled an Owen. Fuck. Send help. But so, yeah, you go, Ryan. Oh, I'm just saying, I fucking, I'm all over some of it. I'm not going to lie. I listen to Riley and I listen to Justin and I listen to Joe and I listen to Eric and all other people. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to keep it irregular. And then I have something like my gray rat snakes. So I'm like, it's about 10, 11 days since I fed them. And Joe's like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, okay. And I know. Well, it, it, de- it depends on the snake. When you're talking rat snakes or all of your colubrids who have a faster metabolism, they need to eat more often. But, but so if you're if you're keeping like retics and a colubrid, you definitely don't want to feed your retic as often as you feed your colubrid. They're, they're just not digesting food as fast. How you end up with a ten foot three year old? Yes. And so I used to be all right Sunday. Time to warm up all the rats and feed them. And now it's like, all right, uh, when's the last time I feed them? Eh, today seems good. And then I'll feed them. As long as they're not 
losing weight and as long as they don't look thin, they're good. I mean, it's crazy. And, and watch some of these shows where they catch snakes in the wild. Look how thin they are. They're not thick, fat snakes. They're not. Look how small they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not. I just saw a Dave Coffin's video that confirmed everything I fucking have ever thought about Richie so Those retakes are thin. They're tight. Those were, and granted, those were still in the baby phase of being yeah. arboreal. But you, I actually you, had. But you assume they are. You don't know how old they are. They, they could be five years old. Who the hell? I mean, honestly. Well, I, well, that's like they, they, they have a, a certain, I've noticed a certain spatial structure when they get to a certain age, like their face goes out and stuff. Like, people talk about carpet pythons get the big chunky head when they get a certain age. Yeah. Retics have a certain way their face goes out, I've noticed. But that's just me and my limited experience, what I've seen. But, uh, I've noticed, and I, I this weekend I actually had a moment where I was really concerned about my super lazy. I'm like, how, like, is he too small? Cause he's still biggest of big motherfuckers and he's still like the size of a fucking black rat snake. So I took a picture, I took a little video, and I sent it to uh, Jeremy from Nerd, because I know he has lost stuff, and Jeremy's a cool person. Uh, his kind of like brass man reptiles or something like that. Jeremy's the shit. Everybody should go follow him, because I like Jeremy. He's super nice. He'll talk to anybody. Like, at fucking Tinley, I was drunk for a monkey talking to Jeremy at the bar forever. But- he's hilarious. Like, I-, I got to meet him at Carpet Fest. <laughs> oh my god, he's, he's so, so funny. He's so funny. He's so funny. Because yeah, he stopped talk to at- Rob something. Rob's on the carpet fest from there. I haven't got a chance to talk yeah, to Rob. He's, yet. A, cool, he's a cool he's cat. Cool. He's a really cool He gives, like, so I would have to say Pia probably gives the best hugs, but Rob is a close second. Like, well, that's something we, we didn't have probably rank her hugs from carpet fest. Yeah. <laughs> Better than Cusco? Uh, honestly, like, Pia's hugs just, like, fill me up with, with warm fuzzies oh, and, like, whoa. and, like, Wait, I just. Hey, like, watch out, Cody. She's gonna take your woman. No, stop. Please edit this out. Now I feel weird. No, that's oh, dang it. Right there. Now I feel weird. Oh, dang it. This is your girl. I edited, I edited a lot out, but the fact that Pia gives you the warm fuzzies is staying in. <laughs> Just fills me right up. That sounds so dirty. Fucking stop now. Way, way to go, Pia. You filled her all the way up. Well, see now that the, now that I have the now that I know that you got you're not going to edit it out. I'm just like, well, I might as well fucking run with it. <laughs> um, but um, so back to what we were talking about. Yeah, should we? Should we? Are we still talking about feeding schedules? Yeah, I don't know at this point. So <laughs> I just I think that's feeding is is one thing that is always very iffy in the in the hobby. Um, and and new people get stuck on that. I've got to feed every Sunday, every Sunday, every seven days, every seven days or it'll die. I'm like, dude, dude my adult boas eat like 12 times a year. Mm. Maybe. Sometimes it's less. So. But yeah, that, that just comes with experience and, and it does. like That's my whole, we need to share it. that'd be so cool. Um, if, cause I, I made that mistake. You made that mistake. I'm, I don't know. Ryan, did you make that mistake when you first started? Having a really uh, old Ryan used to whenever I was younger, but when I got oh, back man. in, when I got back in, uh, I was really like heavily into this. I I jumped in feet first podcasting, so like I found Garrett Hartle. You got learned. I did. I get learned very quickly. Cause you got learned. But I was were, really into super dwarfs. Like even when Cox. I was young, little Cox made that mistake. That's my <laughs> but, brother. My brother is little Cox. Okay, little Cox. But, but I, my hope is like. For Dylan, like, if he, uh, 
if he listens to this and he decides like this is a hobby that I'm I could get into because I I have a resource for like someone that he knows personally that he can ask questions and if I don't know I can ask James or Ryan and if they don't know they know someone else but um you know he he cannot make the same mistakes that that we did. That's to, my goal is is to yeah. I want to express the mistakes that I made so people can learn from them. Don't look make mistakes but make your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Don't repeat the ones and and listen. I, and I know this happens a lot on Facebook pages and, and social media. People will say, look, don't do this. And you'll see four or five people say, don't do this. And then one person goes, don't listen to them. Maybe listen to them. <laughs> if, if there's one person that wants to be argumentative and five people are just saying, look, I've done this. I'm just telling you, don't go through it. Don't have the mentality of, well, that won't happen to me. It probably will. It will. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna happen to you. I mean, go. I can take care of a hundred snakes. That's no problem. Uh, maybe not. M- maybe not do that right away. There it is. I get overwhelmed with six snakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be a lot. There's, uh, it, it, it's just a lot of. Uh, we have, let's say, the, the reptile generation will say we'll start it in the fucking mid seventies. Uh, we have so many, like, just we have probably about three generations of keepers before us who have kept stuff. And we can learn from them. Fucking open your eyes and ears and pay attention. Because yeah. it's just like no that thing that screamed at me. Like again, even just ten years ago when I started, when I got my first issue of Cub Magazine, everything had a heat bulb on it or it was on heat tape. Now we have radiant heat panels. That blows my mind. And anytime somebody's like, "What should I use to heat up my new aquarium?" I'm like one, don't get an aquarium for your ball python. Get a PVC cage. Get a heat panel and get a thermostat. And when they're like, but it's this much money, I'm like, trust me, you will spend that in replacing light bulbs. But you will spend like, that's the money it costs to own these animals. And I know Joe says it on From the Ground Up, you know, talking about like saltwater fish. People will go out and spend a ton of money to set up a saltwater fish tank because that's what it takes to own saltwater fish. You know, it's, it's, it's a thing. That's what it is. And the problem is all these mistakes we're talking about. They keep happening because people are still telling people this is what to do. But one thing I did want to bring up was on a, on a Facebook group, group, Simply Snakes, someone made a post about should they move their snake to feed it? And that's mm-hmm. something that pops up all the time. And I'm just like, <laughs> no. And you'll still have people, well, I do it. Okay. Well, let me go this way. Yes, you can move your snake to feed it. Do you need to? And is it a positive thing? Yes, you well, can call in a bomb threat, but <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> to be done. You know, everybody's like, "What well, are you cage aggressive?" Well, no, not really. I, we've talked about before ways around that with snake cages and all. There's ways to keep them from only associating. Now, look, if the only time you ever open your snake's cage is to eat it, yeah, you probably have an aggressive snake, and that's your fault. That's that's on you. If you don't interact with your animal, it's going to be food aggressive. But the whole moving it again, that's one of those things that pops up over and over again. So can we can we stop that? Can we quit telling people that they have to move their snake? And I remember when it was much bigger when it was everybody was like, "You must move your snake and feed it in another container, or else it won't work." It's, it's not true. But that's a sign, though, that it, it's getting better. It's getting better. It is getting better, and and we're I, I'm so, I'm an optimist, as you both know. Like it's we're gonna there will always be a small sliver of people who are just so adamant. Didn't Eugene Bissett say like you have two ears and one mouth? Didn't didn't he say that or am I, mean, I just doctor do I... say that because you have two years on that? Well, I mean, 
I mean, I'll say it right now. Hey, and toasties. I'll say it right now if it makes you feel better. Hey, guys. You have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> well, I thought... And by the way, if you're I out there and you've lost an ear... Old school keepers did say, you know, like, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Why don't you use, use them in that order? order? Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot so, so again, the, the whole thing is, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I don't... Why are you... I'm just kidding. Please keep listening. Um, but... But learn from folks. Listen to podcasts. Talk to people. Learn from people. Learn from what they did wrong. There's no reason to repeat stuff. Again, we talked about at the very beginning of this breeding animals that carry on sick genes or genes that are not going to be helpful. It doesn't move the hobby forward. If we don't listen to people that have done stuff prior, we don't move the hobby forward. We stay where we are. We just keep repeating the same crap again and again. And it is getting better, but I want it to happen faster. I'm impatient. So, okay. Wild card. Wild card. Wild card, bitches. Oh. Um, All right, card wild card. Do you have an anal fact of the week? I we haven't got, got there yet. Oh, We're I do get, have an animal. Oh. I thought I thought you said anal fact of the week. I didn't think you said anal fact of the week. And I'm like, I, I don't want to hear about that one. <laughs> hey, let's, go back, let's go back to the wild card. So, this one, isn't that interesting? But I miss when, before I moved into this house, Um, I slept in my, my snake room was my bedroom. And I miss... Like, do you guys hear your snakes fart anymore? What? Like, I've never heard a snake fart. In my, I've never, you've never heard, heard a snake fart once. Oh my god! I used to hear Jubilee fart all the time. Hey, Carly, just because you keep blaming it on the snakes doesn't mean it's the snake. <laughs> once I, you, I please, if you are out there, shoot us an email or a message and let us know if your snakes fart. Snakes because- fart, dude! Like snakes fart. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I've owned them for a long time. And you other never- than when I've heard them, like a big snake taking a dump, I've never heard an audible noise come from the rear end. Now, I've heard like big retakes or berms taking a dump, and there will be some gurgling and some bubbling. <laughs> but I've never just been sitting there hanging out in here and from one of my snakes. It's just Dude, not I- happening. Okay. Now I need to st- Okay. That'll be the poll. That'll be the poll. Have you ever heard your snakes fart? I sw- like I have okay, heard. No, that is not the poll. Just send us a message. Yeah, I'm not no. making the fart. <laughs> Carly, please, please make that the poll. Please, it's it's gonna be. Oh, I'm making it a poll. But like, I swear to God, snakes fart. Um, and now I don't. And you miss it? Well, I just felt like. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you miss you miss your flatulent snakes? <laughs> I just felt closer to them. What? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> what the actual goddamn fuck? Oh, is the farting? Oh, I used to love when my snakes would fart, and now I just don't get that joy anymore. Like people are learning how much of a freak you are. Oh my god, is a freak. I hate myself so much. Like I have wild card. My wild card. Your wild card is snake farts. Yeah, it's snake farts. So you wrote down wild card for this episode: snake farts. What's, okay, I just need to let everybody know. This is her planning. She planned for this episode. She had notes. She was ready. She's been planning for days. And the best she got for her animal, for her wild card fact, was that she misses her snake farts. I'm going to tell myself. What the actual god? Oh, my God. Right, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and let you save this whole moment. And no, we're going to skip the animal facts. No, I'm embarrassed. Yes, can you, we please? Like, you've had a week to pick up a new animal fact, dude, something dude. interesting. 
Oh, this and is it a better, and I swear to God, it better not be a snake's fart. That's not your animal fart. You better have a fucking animal fact. You know, you know when you like start to say a joke or like, okay, so I was thinking, I was just like, that's not good. Uh-huh. You know where it's gonna go. You start saying, you say something, you say something in your head, and you thought you said it cool. But yeah. then it comes out and that's cool. Because then, that comes out of an awesome tattoo option. Oh my god, please, James, I'm begging you. I am begging you. Please. Oh, oh so I guess that's another no. cliffhanger. Again, we'll, we'll leave the tattoo. We'll leave We're gonna have a story that's gonna be a cliffhanger each episode. One day, I'm gonna let everybody know what Carly thought was a great There's a recording of that, and I want that clip played one no. But not, not soon. Not soon. Oh, it's, when it's, we're it's, like it's, 10 years yeah, later oh. and we forgot about it. Yeah. And then well, it I will, get not, it I will not forget about that night in 10. I will, I will literally cry if you tell it. anyone about that? It's so embarrassing. You it's, were so adamant that, that tattoo option was amazing. <laughs> and then when every single one of us told you how horrible it was, you argued it adamantly that we were wrong. I was, I was, and said, how is that not, that's not the coolest thing you've ever heard? It's so fucking awesome. And I'm like, I was, no, it's not. It's, I was, it's not. Uh, so I don't drink anymore, but at the time I was, <laughs> I was under the influence. And no, I, no, 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 Carly. You were sober when you first mentioned that idea. Oh, uh, yes. no, I fucking wasn't. Yes, yes, you were. yes, you were. Yes, you were. You got drunk and stuff later, but you mentioned that idea multiple times over the weekend. And I you did? were not drunk at yes, and you were not drunk every time. And it, thank I, God it wasn't the other one either. <laughs> the one that you said, James. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never mind. I'm so embarrassed. We'll tell, you, we'll tell you when you're older, okay? Oh, my God. So, so everyone that's listening, it's coming at some point. Maybe because I don't I don't remember bringing that up any other point in the weekend. Oh, no. Not, I, I, in, in the weekend, because, like, that moment, like, I remember arguing about, oh. like, what? This is so cool. Like, it, it I remember. Got up. It got it was brought up. It was said when I first showed up because I remember I was half sleep deprived. And, and you, you, were, said it, you were sober. And and but what the fuck did she just say? I, oh, my God. Oh. I don't remember. I'm so close to wanting to tell everybody because, oh, maybe <laughs> no. next episode. Maybe lost next tapes. Episode. Lost tapes. <laughs> it's, it's coming. At some point. Patreon only. Patreon only. Oh, my uh, God. No. <laughs> at some point, it's coming. So, anyways. Let's save this moment and let Carly get back on to the animal fact of the week. Oh man, this 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 uh this did not go where I thought it was going to go at all. Like, <laughs> like that tattoo. I never did this. No, like yeah, like I thought that I was going to make this into. I I didn't think I'd make my I, when I started when I wrote down my wild card. I didn't think I, it would end up with me making myself look really dumb, but your wild yeah, card was about snake farts. How could that not go bad? I thought it was going to be funny. Oh, it was funny. I mean, it's, it was it's funny. funny. I'm, I'm, I'm I, laughing at you, not with you. Am I I'm with you, Carly. He's an asshole. <laughs> All right, it's okay, buddy. My animal of the week it's it's a really good one. It's the kiwi bird, and and aren't they neat? So, uh, when I was on my uh on my first flight to Carpet Fest. Pia had sent me an article about them um, because I had told her like the animal that I was really obsessed with or for the day was the kiwi bird. And she sent me a really awesome article and I just wanted to touch and I didn't even write down the name of the article. God damn it. I will, uh, I'll have to throw it up on the Facebook page. I will do that after this. But um, so I'm just going to kind of read what I wrote. Cause I just, I could not stop writing these interesting facts. Oh, it was about why the kiwi has like, 
why it has the largest egg in proportion to its size. So uh, a really interesting fact, as it evolved, its nostrils migrated to the tip of its beak, which it uses to root around in the dirt for big-ass earthworms. Um, Please tell me the article <laughs> says big-ass earthworms. Actually, that was me. It's oh, okay. The, like, you guys I can't... <laughs> I couldn't tell that was a Carlyism. I wish I could show you guys my notes without it. Like, yeah, it says big-ass earthworms. It is a ratite and avian order um, that also includes ostriches and emus. The egg it lays can weigh up to a fourth of its body mass. Uh, and that's like, it, in the article, it says, like, imagine a human giving birth to a fully developed four-year-old. Like, that's that's kind of the equivalent. The <laughs> equivalent. <laughs> All right, there, there is Carly's Trouble with Words. There we go. It happens every episode. <laughs> There's Carly's Trouble with Words. <laughs> Let's go back to this equivalent. Come okay. on. Yep. Come on, man. Um, yeah, so let's see. Where was I? The equivalent. And past. Oh, um, <laughs> shut up. So, um, a couple past theories that uh, it touched on in the article on why the kiwi egg is so big is one that is now uh, dispelled is that kiwis evolved. <laughs> oh my god, another Carlyism in here. I'm going to quote this, what I wrote down. One that is now dispelled is that kiwis evolved from big fucking birds, the moa, and they just kept the egg size because it didn't particularly help or hurt the animal. Um, it just kind of evolved and... I'm just saying, I've seen when they reconstruct the skeleton of a kiwi bird and then put the egg in. I'd be damned if that doesn't hurt the bird. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. If you guys listening, look up kiwi bird skeleton and egg. And it's insane. It's huge. And and actually, that was the uh, the main picture, like, on the top of the article was was an x-ray of a kiwi bird with its egg inside it. <laughs> it's crazy. But um, so that was dispelled. There were no major ground-dwelling egg-eating predators until settlers arrived with rats in the 13th century. But a paper published in 2010 found that the giant ex- extinct moa's closest re- relatives are, are not kiwis. But the humble tinamou, I didn't know what that was until now. It's extinct, but it's an order of ground birds that range from Mexico down to the southern tip of the Americas. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of being really like animatronic with this, just because all these facts are super interesting to me, and I didn't want to forget them. So I'm definitely I'm reading from my notes right now. There were okay, there were two other papers published in the past two years, but I'm running out of time, so I'm gonna just wrap it up right now. Okay, so but okay. basic basically what. We think now is a giant egg equals kiwi chicks are able to hit the ground running and that a belly full of yolk can sustain. Well, this is a fact. A belly full of yolk in a brand new bouncing baby kiwi chick can sustain them for two and a half weeks if needed. It evolved because there were fewer egg eating predators and more chick eating predators before rats and humans. Because humans ruin everything. And that's my animal fact of the day. Was that? Big ass eggs because they needed big babies so the little babies didn't get eaten. Yes, let there were like the eggs. Eggs were okay. Eggs wouldn't. Eggs equal not eaten. Chicks equal eaten. <laughs> kiwis are from New Zealand, correct? Yes. Yes, because they call sometimes they call themselves kiwis. Uh, that's that's in New Zealand. It's like the national bird or some shit like that, ain't it? Yeah, it's the national. Yeah, it's the national bird. I think of New Zealand. That's so disappointing. Like a little walking dust mop being your national bird. Just get a fucking eagle over here. That's like a that's like a flipper running across. Like <gasps> the national bird, the national slipper going across the fourth floor. The national, 
Well, look, it's a cool looking bird. They're incredible. And like, wasn't that neat though? Like, we, like I, I really love things. kiwis. I love kiwis so much. So. I, 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 the egg fact, I was hoping when you got to kiwis that you were talking about how ridiculous they are. Yeah. And there's, there's so much more to them that's, that's so interesting. But obviously that's the one that like, like, that's the one thing that they're really known for. And we've had to go through so much to figure out like why. Like, you know, can you just imagine like people really starting to study this animal and just like, just going, why is it so goddamn big? So I, that's what she said. Oh my god! So I want to tie. <laughs> I want to. Hey, hey, I'm tying this in together. <laughs> I want. I want to tie this giant egg in with our whole issue that I have with last week's podcast. Last oh. week's podcast, Carly requested something from our listeners, and she did not get it. Carly no, I requested didn't. cloaca picks. Oh my god! And the reason I connect this is because you've got to imagine the cloaca on a kiwi has to stretch insanely oh large to get that egg out. I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> that's a, that's a very uh, a very stretchy cloaca. <laughs> but, with that said, no one sent our email, which is podcast at gmail.com. No one sent that any cloaca pics for Carly. And she was very sad by that. Yeah, I, you can tell I'm... I'm I, she, all week, she's like, do we get any cloaca pics? Do we no, get any cloaca pics? No, I was I like, was- Carly, calm down. She really wants I, those. I need it. I need I, it. I'm hashtag say that until something bad happens. Hashtag cloaca pics. Just say. Cost will send you a cloaca picture of a cloaca you know. Also, speaking of international, I'm very upset. I didn't get any emails from Denmark. Yeah, we're going to Denmark. We did pick up some. Well, that's because Casper can't. Hey, Casper hey, is hey. probably shit faced. Hey, hey, don't cuss out Denmark. At one point, they were the country listened to us the second most behind the USA. I love Denmark and all of your Denmark type things. <laughs> you know nothing about Denmark, and neither, neither do I. It's, Casper's it's from there, so I know. It's over there, it's like Holland and Denmark and. <laughs> Wooden shoes and windmills. Stop, I don't know. It's stop over there. Wooden shoes and windmills. I stop fucking me. love every bit of that. Stop before we offend. We also we also had folks from Sweden listen to our podcast. So if you're from Sweden, hey, Hello. shoot us email. There was one person in Brazil. That's awesome. Just saying, if you're in Brazil, can you go give me a picture of a wild Brazilian rainbow boa and shoot that to me? Because please I would, thank. I would love to go find a wild Brazilian rainbow boa. But I that was that. I'm just saying. What'd now, you say? We're gonna I said, I'm a, down for that. Whatever. Yeah. Our, our group is going to make an out of country trip at some point in the next yes, year. Yes, we are. Yes, well, we are. Y'all fuck up. I'm going to Australia alone. I'm just. I've got that. look. I've got a possibility lined up for Costa Rica. Ooh, that's where I want to go. It's dangerous. Cause that because Kara loves Costa Rica. She spent like a month there. And I just want to. Oh. shit. I just want to wander off into the jungle and find something. I just want to go to That'd be the fucking. That'd be fire. So, um. Alright, so that, that was our animal fact. That means we have reached the end of episode three. We're and done. Cox, and Cox made it, and he didn't have to take any meth or moonshine to get through. I just drank a lot of bourbon. Yeah. Um, good, good episode, guys. One thing I do want to I do want to bring up is it's about me, so I'm gonna talk about me for a minute. God damn it. Uh, I I will be in New Orleans on March seventh and eighth at the Herps New Orleans Reptile Show. Also there that weekend will be Joe and Melissa from From the Ground Up. And so 
come out and see them and then say hi to me because you're there to see them. I get it. What time is the meet and greet? Uh, it's all day. I'll be there all day behind a table. Look for Simply Serpents. I'll be behind a table. Uh, oddly, I will not be selling a single snake. I will be selling isopods and bioactive enclosures for isopods. Uh, cause I'm all out of snakes, but I do love isopods. I'm not just that. That. I will have snakes at my table though. Uh, April Justine from Designer Exotics is coming April. down. She's awesome. I got to spend time with her. At, hey, uh, April. Uh, uh, I did want to mention her for this simple reason. Go to YouTube, look for Designer Exotics. She's got tons of videos. Go watch them. They're entertaining. She's an awesome person. She's super nice. She's really into T-negative blood pythons. Uh, she's got some really pretty animals. Go check her out. But she will be there vending at my table at Hertz, New Orleans. Um, and she'll be bringing some bloods and some other stuff. So I will actually have snakes on my table. This will be mine. She's got gorgeous animals. I, I love her videos. Uh, inter- and... um. Dan's videos too of uh, introducing animals in their collection. Yeah, so that's cool too. And then I, it's a free plug. I know we don't. Need, I'm saying we don't need sponsors, but if anybody wants to sponsor our podcast, oh my god! And just like simply pay things like the monthly fees for keeping it going. Stop! I won't, I won't stop you. Stop! I'm, Patreon, goddammit. So I'm, I'm Patreon. You I'm, a, I'm a teacher. Which, I'm a teacher in the South, which means I'm poor, right? <laughs> but. Uh, then we keep snakes, so we're extra poor. <laughs> the free plug for a non-sponsor, but I have to give them a plug, is the Herps show coming up this weekend, Corpus Christi, just because I love Sean Gray and his wife, Lori. They're amazing people. Uh, they do have a show this weekend in Corpus Christi, Texas, February 22nd and 23rd. Go check them out. They put on one of the best, if not the best shows in the country. So go see them there. And the, after that is in New Orleans on March 7th and 8th. Come see me. Tell me how awesome I am. We can make fun about Carly in person. It'd be great. So that, that was all I had. I'll allow it if you send me cloaca pics. Cloaca pics. Get us some cloaca pics. Carly will not be there, so don't go there expecting to smell her hair. All right. Or hugs. I'm not. I'm not going to hug you. So if you show up for a Carly hug, I'm not hugging you, and she's not there. James, you need to represent us, okay? Get give him a hug. I'm not. I'm not giving hugs. Okay. You can I'll find fuck out of them. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. You can find us on any if you're listening to this already, any podcasting platform at the Reptile Gumbo Podcast, um, and also email us at the Reptile Gumbo Podcast at gmail dot com. Oh my god! So you can find me at Simply Serpents on Facebook. Simply serpents. And you can just kind of Facebook stalk Carly if you want to. She's used to it. What? If you're going to Facebook stalk her, send her some cloaca pics. Jesus. You guys are going to get me like abducted into sex trafficking or something. I'll put that evil on here, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get there? All I'm asking for is simple cloaca pics. Oh my God. Anyway. Hashtag cloaca pics. Anyway. Ryan, where can you go? Uh, they can find me at Specialized Fauna on Facebook. Uh, I'm kind of slow on posting shit right now because I'm trying to work on some building the photo booth and shit like that right now. You could have uh, stopped that you're kind of slow. Yeah, I'm, I mean, let's be honest here. I have a hard time spelling. Unless <laughs> get something else. She's like, your grammar is fucking off. <laughs> so that comes and, uh, education. But let's be honest here. Uh, also, everybody thinks I'm an asshole to James and Carly. We're just friends. I'm sorry. We're mean. Okay. Fuck off. 
Wait, who? Have a great fucking night hey, and go fuck yourself. Who, who, who lied to you and said we were friends? <laughs> you guys, I don't know if you guys are my friends. I don't know if I'm your guys' friends, but you guys are my friends. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you can't change that. I love you. Now kiss. No, no kiss. <laughs> Let's end this. This is horrible. Let's get out of here. If, if you're still listening to this, again, I'm sorry. I don't, what is wrong with you? Uh, and if you're from Denmark, send me an email, Denmark. And if you want a quality wrestling me, podcast? There's a lot. Of other ones. This is not it. But it's this is time. This is the highest quality reptile podcast you are currently listening to. This is the equivalent of a dumpster fire full of ra- full of rabid rats. <laughs> Who doesn't want to watch that? I'd watch that. I'd watch look at that. Come on. Throwing a cat for good measure. Rat, rabid <laughs> rat dumpster fire. That is that's our new tagline. We are the rabid rat dumpster fire. Oh, Hell yeah. yeah! The world's greatest gutter tier reptile podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyways thank you for listening we will have another show next week we already have someone lined up but I'm not telling you who it is because they, they may move the time on me to another day like current guest like Carly but- <laughs> oh, no oh, it was you yeah you my friend it was, it was all of the above not me um, I was available I'm the Proper time of Eastern time, not fucking Central time. Central time is the only time that matters. So, as long as we're here for a good time, guys. I <laughs> I need to go to the bathroom. I love you. Why do, why, do good podcast, night. why do our podcasts always end with you having to go to the bathroom? Because I drink a lot. Because I'm a hydro homie. Okay, Wait, that's right. We already had a point. We talked about she has a drinking problem, guys. I do. I All right. Love H2O. Okay. Good night. Oh, deuces. Talk to y'all later. Y'all be Bye. good.